bad girls go to hell? Bad girls. See the boldest and most intimate scenes ever shown on any screen. In Bad Girls Go to Hell. See sex without shame. See violence in a story that is brutally honest. In Bad Girls Go to Hell. These are the men possessed with sex. Corrupt and immoral who prey upon women. They are the thrill seekers. This is a picture with a new kind of raw, naked realism. You know that I love you. Why are you leaving? I love you too. That's why I must go. If you want to see a film that dares to tell all, that is truly a body and soul shocker, then you must see Bad Girls Go to Hell. I want to meet the guy that has to, you know, do those announcements. Like the guy that did the, these girls are not really lesbians. All right. Why, hello, it's five minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of April in the year of our Lord, 2008. Can you, am I a little crackly? Uh-oh. A little extra know. loud over there. I feel all wonky. I feel like my headphones are off today. Uh, everything's a little strange today. All right, we'll try that. I think that's better. Anywho, hello, it is uh, Thursday, and welcome to Day 12, live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you so much. That's a breed of announcer you don't hear much anymore, by the way. That guy, the guy that does the uh, bad girls go to hell, and Godzilla, king of the monsters, and see raw exploitation. Your eyes will never be the same. So we were talking about all those William Castle films yesterday. Uh, with a new and exciting, different kind of terror. Anywho, there ought to be a whole documentary about announcers like that. These are announcers of the past, because there's really no jobs for those guys anymore. I mean, really, unless you're just going to be doing the machete thing over or and over again. Or doing voiceover work for, like, Anchorman sequels. Totally, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Unless you're Bill Curtis. There's, there's really no work for you anymore. All right. Why, uh, hello. It is uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to join this. An entirely new kind of radio program. It's uh, 503-733-2970. You'd like to uh, join us today. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 for your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, two cents, uh, whatever ye may have to share with the world at large. Uh, greetings to everybody who's listening to us on the AM 970 stream, which launched uh, for everybody uh, earlier this week. So that's at 970.am. You go to 970.am, you'll also see, well, in addition to a newly redesigned, the whole page, it's got kind of a revamping uh, from Bridget upstairs. 
Uh, we got the stream that uh, launched the day before yesterday, Tuesday, for everybody. And then uh, if you go there right now, they've got uh, a splash page, I believe they call it, which is kind of a graphic for the upcoming listener party, about which we have uh, a big announcement that we'll get to in just a couple minutes. <coughs> and then I always say we're going to do big announcements, like at the beginning of the show, and then I get to them at <clears throat> 2 o'clock or something. So we will, we'll actually try to do it kind of here at the top in just a second. Wait, what's the announcement today? As you're chugging your water. Why today, Sarah? I think I inhaled the whole thing of dust just a second ago. I dropped my pen on the floor, of course, and I bent over to get the pen, and I think I disturbed a pile of dust, sort of sitting in one of the corners of the studio, and then inhaled it. So, in any event... You're so gross sometimes. Here, a broadcast professional clear his throat on the air. As we're all trapped in a room with him. <laughs> Tim See me. his co-workers trapped in shame and misery. Hear his phlegm being adjusted before your very ears. Uh, coming up here in just a few minutes, we will announce the location of Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Uh, if you go to uh, 970.am right now. <coughs> You will. Uh, you'll see that we got the, the first card turned over, which is the uh, the the, uh, the date. That is Thursday, May fifteenth, eight p.m. Uh, later. Uh, I don't know about the ten fifteen minutes from now. We'll talk about the location, and then the uh, the web page will be adjusted accordingly. So uh, Bridget did a uh, did a great job on that. So we'll do that here in just a uh, just a skosh. It is five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. If you'd like to join us today. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane. All right, I hate to do this, but now can you turn me up just a little bit? <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm really not trying to be... Why don't you talk? It's very... It's difficult. And I can't How quite... There we go. That's the sweet spot. Is that it? Right there. Okay. There we go. That's got it. That sounded really wrong. We're like, is that it? Did there we go. It? No, that's it. No, no, just a little further. <laughs> no, you got to unroll it first. If you'd like to email today, you can do that as well. It's rick at rickhemerson.com. Rick at... RickEmerson.com, Sarah at 970.am, Tim at 970.am, or Richie with a T at 970.am. Your phone calls here in just a few. Before we do anything else, before we talk about whatever else is coming up this hour, before we reveal uh, the listener party location, I just have to draw your... It, it's kind of too late to really dwell on it because it was yesterday's paper, but I have to draw your attention to the front of yesterday's uh, living section of the Oregonian, page D1. Now, I'm sure that this is a story about something serious and... I'm not trying to mock the story itself. I'm just saying, do you ever see a headline that for the life of you, you don't understand what it means? There's no possible context you could come up with that would make it give any sense. The headline in yesterday's living section, and I'm going to hold this up so everybody here can see it. Tumor Bank Returns Dividends. Now, I don't know what a tumor, and that's tumor, that's not tumor like one more or three more. Tumor. <laughs> How many more do you eat? Tumor. Uh, it's tumor like... You know, like it's not a tumor. Tumor. T-U-M-O-R. Tumor Bank returns dividends. I don't want any dividends from the Tumor Bank. Thank you very much. I don't... Hey, I don't Rick, know many who do. It's time to go make a withdrawal from the Tumor Bank. Won't you... Excuse me, please? I'd, pre I'd prefer to keep all dividends from the Tumor Bank uh, away from me and elsewhere. You let somebody else have my share, won't you? Okay. Uh, here's what's coming up today. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will be joining us today. Uh, so I guess, so McCain has already put out something where he's listing all of his, I guess his picks for vice president uh, or whatever. So uh, we got a little bit on that. Uh, we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum, who is getting ready to head out to Pennsylvania. He's going to take the temperature, canvas the land, put his finger on the pulse of the common man uh, as they gear up for the primary, which is coming up April 22nd, sooner rather than later. Uh, so that's on the way. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. 
Because there's yet another Hollywood... Because what's the point of solving one strike if you can't immediately follow it up with another strike? It'll cripple everything all over. It's bad enough that I'm, I'm getting shafted on Battlestar Galactica this year. Because the the fourth and final season of Battlestar Galactica starts tomorrow, uh, uh, the fourth season. And they're only going to do half of it before they then stop everything and give me the rest next year, 2009, as the final season. I think there's only 20 episodes, 22 episodes, something. So they're going to start it again tomorrow. They'll do 10 episodes. It's like your lost thing. They're going to give mm-hmm. you 10 episodes. Then they're going to wait, I swear to you, like nine months to give me the rest of the final season. So that's frustrating. Anyway, so we'll talk to And apparently they're doing some sort of... It's a story about liposuction infections. And I don't really know that when 2 o'clock comes, we're still going to feel like talking about that, but I figured I'd put in for it anyway. You know, you can never tell when you have a hankering to talk about that sort of a thing. So, there you go. Just think on that. Uh, Let's see. What else is coming up today? Uh, Clown Watch coming up today. Big Barack Obama news. Some of you may already know what I'm talking about, and I think you do. Uh, What else? Uh, We'll do a uh, top five today. Listener submitted top five. I hold it right here in my hands. Our good friend Todd the Corpse has submitted this email and uh, sent it on into us. Mariah Carey enthusiast? No. Close. Starts with an M. Guess again. Okay. Think Todd the Corpse. Think Todd the Corpse. Marilyn Manson? No. (laughs) I don't know. Madonna. Uh, So today we have uh, the top five Madonna songs to never go to number one. There we go. That'll be uh, later on today. Top five Madonna songs uh, to never go to number one. All right, uh, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Thursday. Chelsea Clinton will be here April 12th. An Oregon gal survives another week to remain in the American Idol Top 8. A Central Oregon man survives falling off a cliff. A Vancouver man chokes to death after becoming tangled in his backpack full of beer while climbing a fence. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. There's a death. (laughs) (laughs) He really choked on a backpack full of beer? Yes. Okay. An elderly Beaverton woman is rescued after being stuck in her bathtub for five days. Uh, An Australian man saves his wife from a crocodile by jumping on its back. Okay. Fantastic. Excellent. Wonderful. Genius. Joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillman. Hello. How are you today? Hello. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are things? How's life? Oh, things are good. good. Watched a little Independence Day yesterday. Oh, by the way. Okay. So we got to give uh, mad shouts out. A couple of people. Uh, our friend Helen. She Helen. Is the goat and the donkey. I met Helen upstairs yesterday. <laughs> Helen came by. Uh, she dropped by the station yesterday. So I know you met her on the way out <coughs> to get my afternoon snack. Uh, on the way out, I'm sorry. Yes, on the way out, on the way out to get your light refreshment. Mm-hmm. On the way out to get scones and tea. Yes. Mm-hmm. Before coming back to do your news live, yeah. of course, mm-hmm. all the way through the afternoon. That's correct. For the hardworking and hard driving people of the Portland metro area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Helen was there, and Helen dropped off, as is her want, like 75 different bags of stuff for us and some cookies. So God bless you, Helen. Thank you, uh, Helen. And then our friend uh, Thomas, the wandering computer geek. Uh, he lives in Flint, Michigan, spends a bunch of his time in uh, Seattle, but then was driving back from Seattle uh, to Flint, stopped by yesterday, dropped off. Eight, first of all, this is how great the audience is, because I wouldn't know anything about any bootleg streams that might have been running uh, for this program before CBS Never. decided to put one up. I don't know anything about that. Apparently, there might have been some listeners somewhere who were streaming the show because CBS took forever to do it. So I, I, I'm just saying, if such a stream had been running... And if such a person existed. He might have been responsible for that. He might also have archived every single hour of this show for the last two years and give, give, like, gave it to us on a DVD archive yesterday. 
seriously, like six DVDs every single hour of the show since we came back to Portland. Oh, uh, And just dropped them off. So, because, I mean, during the Scotty days, Scotty was a little, uh, well, we'll, just, we'll be kind. We'll say that Scotty was very busy, overworked. Wasn't always able to archive the show kind of the way we wanted it done. Uh, so now I don't have to worry about it. Now it has been archived, and I got it all the way going back to, whatever, March of 2006. So, uh, so and But in addition to that, he dropped off for all of us on DVD, Independence Day, the extended edition. Fifteen minutes of additional footage. Dude, and I saw the extended um, the extended parts. Just as good as you thought it would be, Sarah. It Is was that terrible. a longer speech? Yeah. Tim, yeah, I've got to tell you, nothing it's but, like... Nothing but Bill Pullman. Rick, you're interrupting my Independence sorry, Day thought. go ahead. It's the worst movie ever, Tim. It is. It is so bad. It is so, so bad. And I couldn't stop laughing when I was watching the speech because now that we've played it so many times, it doesn't even, it's not real. Like It's like the Howard Dean scream. Like, yeah. it doesn't feel like it belongs in that movie. It just belongs as, like, a piece of our show It's now. like its own separate, it's, totally. it's like its own isolated thing. I, <laughs> I, I have, like, rewatched that part, like, four times. Are you saying it doesn't hold up as a piece of cinema, Sarah? No. Have you finally come around to my way of thinking that Independence Day might possibly be a terrible film i mean i hate to break everybody's heart i'm just saying it might be one of the worst things ever. <laughs> it was so terrible with the stripper mom and yeah. like the oh god and with the with the kooky like irreverent um you know stereotype stereotypical like jewish father and yeah, jeff goldblum's character and a broken marriage mother. And, like, the, the aggressive, like, masculine, uh, like, presidential assistant yeah. lady who was his ex-wife is just so... Ugh. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's not a good movie. And I know that there are people in the room who may differ with that opinion. I know there, there are some people who view Independence Day as a latter-day Frank Capra uh, film, but with aliens. I'm just saying for myself, it's a, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Well, on the other hand, I did go out, and um, there's a new bar on Hawthorne that opened up, so I went and hung out there, and it was pretty cool. Excellent. And you're going to get glasses today. I'm to, going to get or glasses. Or to get, your, to get your, uh, your eye exam, anyway. I'm getting eye, yeah, an eye exam and glasses. And they're going to, uh, is this, now, how long is it, this is going to be like me going to the dentist. How long has it been since you've had your eyes examined? Please tell me it was, like, before 2000. No, because I got these ones, these, because um, I, I had to get these glasses because I was looking at my computer all the time when I was working on coins. So I wear these a lot when I was doing traffic reporting on coins. Um, so that was like three years ago, maybe. Have you considered just going to Safeway and getting those glasses that they have in the tourney rack that are like three ninety nine? Was it plus nine? I what? would, but my but a we have insurance at this point. Yes. And then b I can tell that my left eye is a lot worse off than my right eye. Welcome to my world. Yeah. You have no idea. You you hold my glasses up and you tilt them forward. My right lens is all normal and thin. You look at my left lens; it's like half an inch thick. Well, I'm gonna try. Yeah, I'm gonna try to go in. I haven't scheduled an appointment. I'm just showing up. That that always works. Serve me That's now. That's what happened to me last time. I'm an American. I demand <laughs> service at this instant. So I figure, if, you know, if they can't get me in today, then I'm not meant to have glasses that's, today. That's, that's so great. They I demand that you help me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim. No, uh, I don't think any place takes walk-ins. No, I, I think Lens Crafters does, but I think that's about it. Oh, and well, I'm, I'm going to try it anyway. All right. <laughs> that's like when I was bitching about how the dentist... I woke up this morning planning on getting glasses. God damn it, I'm getting my glasses today. <laughs> so I, I, I am an American. I demand to have my every whim catered to. Adjust yourself to... Which I guess is no better than... Uh, no different than me demanding that the dentist stay open late because I don't want to leave work early. I was talking about how that dentist, well, he's got to stay open late. There are people that work. And somebody sent me a long, snotty email saying, like, why does the dentist have to accommodate your schedule? He's the dentist. They're your teeth. They'll fall out. You have to adjust yourself to the dentist. So, all right. Um, There's a couple of things. First of all, uh, i got to thank Isaac from Jackpot Records, one of our uh, proud sponsors today. So we had a little bit of a morning, and I know I said the same thing yesterday, but we had a... Uh, 
You know, we do the recap hour every day. And for some reason, Richie's computer, Richie boils down every day's program into an hour-long recap that we then play the following day. Richie's computer, which is a Macintosh, by the way, is has been glitching a little bit. And for some reason, it burned. When, when he made the CD and then put it into the system, it did the same show as yesterday. In other words, yesterday, we played an hour from Tuesday. Today, it also started to play an hour from Tuesday. So it would have been the same recap hour two days in a row. And so I caught it at about 9.55, about five minutes before we're supposed to go on the air. And it was so hard to tell at first. I was just double-checking to make sure the recap hour was fine. And it started with, with Rick Astley, which, of course, makes it impossible to tell what day it's from because every day has been Rick Astley Day for, like, the last week. So I'm listening to the Rick Astley just desperately trying to figure out, like, Monday, Thursday, yesterday, Last year, and I just have no idea, and I finally figure out that it's like a day old. And anyway, so I'm there trying to get uh, the recap hour put together. I'm calling Richie on the phone like, you got to come in and fix this. Meanwhile, Isaac from Jackpot Records has showed up in my office with uh, one of those wall displays that they'll put in a record store when they've got some, some new release that's coming out. Like it's a huge, not a poster as such, but it's like a poster on a big, thick backing. Basically, it looks like a giant CD cover, like it's about 4x4. Four four. I think it's huge. It's massive. It's huge. So it is a huge, like, 4x4 four four wall display uh, for Kiss Alive 4. And he just showed up, and apparently it was so big, he couldn't even get it into his car today. He had to borrow a van to put it in, and he brought it down. I'm going to hang it in my office behind my desk. The Spy vs. Spy art. Because that Spy vs. Spy art is great, but it's very small. And so that's going to go home to my home office. Uh, the kiss thing is going to get you framed. You do have other walls in your office. Yeah, but they're all covered with serial killer art and uh, stuff. I got nowhere to... I mean, I guess I could put it down here in the studio or something. But the kiss thing is going to go behind my desk. Uh, so anyway, so thanks to Isaac from Jackpot. So Sarah came up today to tell me some exciting news. And first of all, she was distracted by the fact that you can't even see my desk because there's a huge, massive kiss display leaning against it. And plus, I'm busy trying to get the recap hour done. So Sarah walks in, she's like, hey, Rick, guess what? I'm like, never mind, go away! You know, just, just, it was like a, a snapping turtle when she walked into the office today. But so the, the thing that you were coming up to tell me was probably the same thing that everybody on hold is waiting to tell me. What do you think? Hmm. What do you want to wager? Tim, do you know what these people on hold are waiting to tell us? I don't know. Shall we find that out? They're all so yeah. excited to find out the secret location of our next listener party. Well, that's entirely possible. Let's see, shall we? Hi, uh, who is this? This is Jim in Vancouver. Come on, Jim. Uh, hello, hi. How are you? What have you to share with us today? Come on, Jim. Um, the Obama song was played on Air America Nationwide Show this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Fools! How great is that? Fantastic. Let's hear it for us. Excellent. That's wonderful. Excellent. As we clap uh, for ourselves. During, uh, during what program was that today? It was the uh, Tom Hartman show. I'd say it was probably about a uh, quarter after ten, I would guess. One of the many moments when he wasn't giving like a long 40-minute dissertation on the periodic table and how it relates to different types of dust. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Actually. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that out loud. Hey, this um, is the kind of young man who played our song. <laughs> I love him. Uh, so when, uh, what time was it? Uh, and I'm assuming it was about the time that Sarah ran into the... Who did you hear it from? I heard it from Kristen play? Bowie. Who okay. heard it from every single person that calls into the station? Oh my God, the phone lines were packed. So it was, it was hilarious because like it, the beginning of the song started playing and I'm thinking to myself, no way, no way, no effing way. And then it it, it started in with the lyrics and I was just busted up. It Sarah, how does it feel for you and Timmy Ryan to have been on Air America this morning? It's, it's a real special moment That's for fantastic. me. That's fantastic. Excellent. Uh, did they play the whole thing? Uh, 
I'd say probably half of it. Yeah, it's about two minutes long. It's not that long of a song. So, so they played about. Was there any comment given? It was kind of Hartman's trying to remain neutral. You know, he's not trying to waver either way on who to support. Of course, I mean, uh, he kind of kind of gave some props towards Hillary too. So it was taken seriously. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't brushed aside as a goof. Yeah. Which I found on Twitter. <laughs> you, I would see because my whole thing, as you know, just back up here. So we wrote. Uh, along with the audience, we wrote and recorded and then released this awful Barack Obama parody song. And it was, as I described to Susan Reynolds, it was a parody of a parody. It was sort of a bad version of what a terrible radio uh, DJ would record. But for what it is, it, it pretty for much what it is. For, for what, what it is. is. Well, and then so we, the goal was then to see if we could get some radio host to play it and take it seriously, not re, and see if we could get somebody to not realize that it was like a joke. So mission accomplished. Doubly sweet that it was Air America on which it happened. Fantastic. The same day that Randy Rose is suspended. Really? She made uh, inappropriate comments. You're sure she finally didn't just go into suspended animation? No, it's, it, she called both Hillary Clinton and Geraldine Ferrero effing whores. Whores? Whores? No, she called she whores? Who was? Who On the air? Apparently, the public appearance oh. in San Francisco. She called them effing whores? Yes. She's all class, that lady. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, who am I going to listen to now to have me scream in a nasal voice about Diebold voting machines? <laughs> All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thanks, Rick. Thank you, my friend. Let's see if anybody else. If you're not into Clinton. So great. Oh, it's, it's the so... best day of my life. Mm -hmm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, Rick. Hi. Hey, hello. You? Yeah, me. What's hey, up? I wanna, hey, I want to confirm what your previous caller said. It was I looked at my clock and it was about 9:50 when they played that. Excellent, fantastic. Oh, it was fantastic. And did you did you give a little silent like cheer to yourself when you heard it? Oh, you bet. Fantastic. You bet. Excellent. I, was, uh, I didn't want to listen uh, to I uh, uh, do any of the Mars uh, wannabes. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> That's what I said. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> no, no, I'm just. Yeah, you, have, you, just have a, you just have a distinct way of speaking, sir. Okay, hey, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Bye now. That's great. Okay. So, so does Timmy get some sort of prize with this? Uh, no. Okay. No, he gets the prize of experience, Tim. That's uh, he gets an exposure. He gets paid an exposure. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio hello, program. Rick. Hi, hello, hi. Uh, Sarah, Tim. Hello. hello. Oh, uh, Western girl. When are you going to have? A listener party at the west side of the, the west side of Willamette. The west side of what? The west the side. The oh. west side of the Willamette. Wasn't our last the one on the west side, side of the Willamette? Oh, <laughs> I wasn't there. Sorry. No, I think it was on the east side. It was on the west. It side. was on the west side. It was. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> okay. All right, thank you. Great song. Bye. Bye. Okay. We need to break because we scheduled uh, Lisa. All right, so let's do this. Uh, let us now make the announcement about Listener Party 11. Then we'll break. We'll come back with Lisa Desjardins. So as you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 happening Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at Portland's Crystal Ballroom. Ooh. So there you go. Happening Thursday, May 15th, as they say, save the date, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom. Uh, so be listening for further details. Tomorrow we will unveil uh, uh, the big event, the, the big idea uh, for the party. But uh, for today, the Crystal Ballroom, Thursday, May 15th, <gasps> I'm so excited. 8 p.m. It's going to be very cool. It's on the east cool. side of the west side. It's on the west side of the Willamette, Tim. It sure that is. That woman will be happy to hear that. 
All right, uh, back after this, Lisa Desjardins. Stay there, it's the Rick. Wing moment we just had there, where I used I gotta get coffee. And you ran out of the room before I could say like, you know, it's right here, Sarah. And so you went into the kitchen just now and drank a mouthful of cold coffee. There's nothing I don't worse. Want to talk about it. Let me just say this: hot coffee, good. Iced coffee, good. Lukewarm or tepid coffee, worst thing on earth. There's certain things that, when served at exactly the wrong temperature, become the most vile thing you've ever had. Mm-hmm. And the milk. Well, well, it's like, but okay, like. I know some, I, I'm not one of these people, but I, a lot of people, warm milk before bed, fine, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that's a thing that I guess some people, and you know, people put warm milk in uh, in drinks, like in coffee drinks. Chilled milk, fine. Room temperature milk, you don't want any part of that. I, my milk has to be ice cold. Yeah, room temperature uh, room temperature coffee, that's no good either. All right, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, From the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello there, how are you today on this Thursday? On this Rick Ashley Thursday, am I correct? I was told. Uh, I don't know. Was there a memo put out in Atlanta? I, I was told by Dan, the new uh, new CNN radio boss, that this is Rick Astley Day, and I needed to be prepared. He gave me a special phone call. Are you? No, Dan and I were talking about Rick Astley this morning. Okay, I was just going to say, is this because of something Sarah said to him, or are you? Or, or... I think he thinks I'm a little crazy. I was. <laughs> I was just for a moment. I was going to please tell me that CNN actually took the time to tell the correspondents it was Rick Astley Thursday. That would make me so happy. That does what happened. He actually did call me. I was, I was actually I was in the middle of writing a story about oil speculation and Congress. No, 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 Lisa, no, stop everything you're doing. It's Rick Astley Thursday. <laughs> Put that story aside. Oh man, oh, that's, that's how it went. I love things. Today, man, it's our week. It really is our week. We're batting a thousand this week with screwing with people. Um, hey, just a little update. So, you know that, uh, did we play that Barack Obama song uh, that we wrote and recorded? Yes, I love it, yes. So we found out that we swindled Air America into playing that this morning. Oh, so my that was... gosh, that's a huge score. <laughs> uh, so it's that's a... a huge score. <laughs> and I guess they took it seriously. <laughs> it's such a great day. <laughs> anyway, uh, and, you know, on top of all that, Rick Hasley, oh, it, just let me say this. Now, I mentioned this yesterday, um, but... So if you had gone on Tuesday to YouTube, uh, on the front of YouTube every day, they do those, you know, featured videos or videos that they're sort of highlighting. On Tuesday, every single video on the front page of YouTube that was uh, that was featured, they all linked to Rick Astley. No matter what the description was, <laughs> like no matter what, the, the screen, like the screen capture could have been of a guinea pig with a carrot on its head. Doesn't matter. Click it, Rick Astley. Uh, later on that day, when you went to Dig, if you clicked any of the Dig featured articles at Dig.com, they all went to Rick Astley. So it's uh, anyway. I'm just saying you can say that you were here for the inaugural Rick Astley week, which I think I think that's now the thing. We got to start pushing for every uh, you know the week of April first every year to be National Rick Astley Week. Okay, I, and actually international, I think would be down down the road. Where is he from? Is he uh, what is it, British Australian? British. So there you go. His girlfriend is from, because uh, I, I actually did go on the Internet after I got this imperative phone call 
Or my producer says, geez, I better brush up on Rick Astley. It's a big deal. I better do it stat. He's got a, a Danish girlfriend, I believe. Oh, fantastic. I saw an interview with him yesterday, actually, where they were talking about the whole Rick Astley, the Rick, the Rick rolling phenomenon, as they're calling it. And he was, he was actually really cool about it because some of those guys don't have a sense of humor. Yeah. about their own evolution into human punchlines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you get guys like uh, Steve Gutenberg comes to mind. I saw an interview with the guy, and he was just a dick. I mean, he was just <laughs> like, no, he's such a bastard. And he was just a jerk. And he had, I mean, the guys made like a billion dollars at the box office. And they were sort of thinking, well, you know, you've kind of become one of those punchlines. Like, people say your name to be funny. Steve Gutenberg. And he got really defensive and, like, pulled off his microphone and left. And uh, But you always like people who are sort of who are sort of zen with it. You know, like, they're sort of they're sort of hip with the fact that they become... That their name has become a reference or a go-to thing. They've uh, they've been Abe Vigoded, you might say. <laughs> yes. Because Abe Vigoda, we had some uh, we had some comics or comedian guys in the studio a while back, and we were talking about people now who who exist really solely to be referenced uh, by hack DJs and comedians like myself, uh, as you know, like when you need a funny name to drop, and so you go like blah da da blah da da blah B Arthur. And that's like the only thing she really does now. Rick Astley has become that. And they interviewed him about it. They're like, so, Rick Astley, what does it feel like to be, uh, you know, a gag? And he said, no, 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 it's great. He's like, it's fantastic. I want to give my daughter something to really be proud of me for. So he's embraced it. He's gone with it. You know, I actually did interview Kevin Bacon uh, right at the at sort of that just when the whole world was becoming aware of six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Right. It's actually probably two or three years after that because he he was great about that. He really has rolled with it. But I hit him when remember he and his brother formed that band, the Bacon Brothers. The Bacon Brothers, exactly. And I can't remember they they had a name for their type of music that was like Frajomo, or I, I can't remember what it was. But I interviewed him, and I of course I, I you know I was probably like twentieth in line for this interview in Myrtle Beach, and and he he definitely was trying, but he was really done with it. By that, by that point in the interview, he's like, yeah, I know there's a game about yeah, it. He, just, he, was at that, he, had, he, had just, he had moved on within his own head. That's what it was. I think, I think it had, he, he, you know, he could make fun of himself, but at this point he, just, he didn't care anymore. He, he, was just, he was indifferent to it. That's what it was, right? Yeah, I know. Have yeah. you, let me ask you this. Now, uh, well, never mind. You know, I don't want to get off into a Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon thing because then it's never going to stop. Oh, possibly. I can already spot now at like 11.37 Pacific time. That would be a thing that would then take over the entire program. So i gotta, <laughs> I got to stop. Um. I will say this. So, uh, so on the subject of John McCain, uh, so he's already, uh, and I only saw this in passing, and I didn't actually uh, stop to, to read the entire article. But he's he's already put out, or he's putting out like his his sort of vice presidential his picks. He's not releasing it, but he did say on the campaign bus that he has about 20 names on the list, and uh, apparently Dana Bash was sitting there as it was as he was saying this, and you could see just you know right right next to all the reporters that his staffers were like, no, no, don't don't talk about no, 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 oh, okay, you already talked about it. So so he but he put it out there. He's got 20 names on the list. He's not saying who, but he did uh, happily for you, I think, uh, bring up Dan Quayle. Yeah. Did he really? He did. He brought up Dan Quayle, and th this is a classic John McCain. He brought up Dan Quayle as exactly the the example of what not to do. Oh, okay, that's too bad. I was hoping that in some weird bizarro world. <laughs> McCain Quayle. Well, I mean, look, you didn't give me any further information. I had to sort of extrapolate out from the comment you you're made. Right, you're right. That's true. <laughs> McCain brought up Dan Quayle, and immediately in my head, there was like, the cherubim and seraphim were singing a hosanna. Uh, at the idea of there being a John McCain and Dan Quayle ticket. Can I tell you this? I own Dan Quayle's autobiography. Wow. Do you know what it's called? No. Standing Firm. <laughs> Insert joke about how that it should have been Bill Clinton's autobiography. Uh, but I'm found. Wow. I actually saw.
saw a, in Estonia, in the capital of, uh, city of Tallinn, they have a book, The Dignitary Sign, and I actually I saw that book uh, maybe 10 years ago, and, and they proudly, when you go on tour of this building, they proudly display Dan Quayle's uh, signature where there are not one but two misspellings in what he wrote. <laughs> are you kidding me? He was vice president. I am not kidding. He misspelled congratulations. <laughs> and I cannot remember what the other word was, but they, they proudly pointed out in Tallinn. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I really love this country. I do. In every conceivable way. What do you suppose Dan Quayle is doing right now? You know, I should have looked this up. I had a feeling this was going to come up. He, he was, you know, doing the kind of conservative speaker tour for a long time. Um, I'm not sure what he's doing now. How many speakers do you suppose you have to go through that you can't afford before you get to Dan Quayle to come to like your, uh, you know, to like your Elks Club meeting? <laughs> I mean, who is it that like you don't that you pass on before you go? No, no, no. Dan Quayle is exactly the kind of guy who's going to add the panache this event needs. You know, I think I think there are still some uh, very not small groups that that still really admire Dan Quayle. He really he he was he was a classic conservative. Yeah, the whole National Guard thing you can bring up, of course, but I think there are some communities where he's still uh, very, very I think, uh, well admired. I think there are people who believe that Dan Quayle got borked. I mean, I, I do, yeah. I should say seriously, I do think, especially with the whole Murphy Brown thing, uh, I think, and that, you could, that was even before the Internet, the Murphy Brown thing and the potato thing, uh, the, both before the Internet, I can't even imagine how quickly he would have been consumed now in 2008. But I know a lot of people do feel he got, as Marilyn Monroe once said, the, the fuzzy end of the lollipop on those things. So, you know, what can you do? Yeah, what can you do? Uh, it says you're talking, let's see, uh, what else is on, I've never oh. seen it phrased this way, the political ticker today. The political, that's, yeah, this is because CNN, we're doing all this, uh, like to call cross-branding. We have this political ticker on the Internet that we do and that we contribute to. It's It's written. And now, now we have this week launched the radio version of Political Ticker. So I just put together sort of a minute, you know, here's ba-doom, ba-ding, ba-da, here's what's going on. And uh, today, actually, uh, we now have fundraising numbers for Barack Obama. I don't know if that's going to make you yawn. $40 million in March. That's a, Well, that's because that's up again from what it was before, right? I yeah. mean, because he was clocking in like, what, 1.1 or something a day? It was it was unreal. He really is a fundraising machine. And in February, he set the record at 55 million for a month. So this is down from that, but it's it's very hard to keep that. Even 40 million a month is still an extraordinary amount. The Hillary Clinton campaign hasn't released her numbers for March, but you know they're, they're, they know there's an expectation game here. They're trying to downplay it, and essentially their way of doing it, they came out and said. Yeah, we know. He uh, he out fundraises us all the time. What's the big deal? <laughs> so, I, I know that the, the, the drumbeat from the Clinton campaign has apparently has now should, just shifted to saying, you know, he can't win in, in the general election. He just can't win. He can't win. He can't win, which is why you got to vote for Hillary. But don't – I was thinking about this last night that you think that in addition to the math and the money and the endorsements and the whatever, a, a, a huge sort of amorphous but I think um, – undeniable uh, factor with with Obama's ascendance right now is that, or ascendancy, a word like that, is that nobody wants to be caught on the wrong side of history, right? That's, I think that there, I think that that really is what helped him, kind of going into South Carolina, and and once we saw some people, some super delegates changing from her to him. Yeah, I think there. I think there is that feeling. There is that feeling out there in some places. That it's uh, you know that, that when all, when you know when you look back at this in 25 years, you're going to go, no, no, no. I was in early. I was in his corner early on. And the Las Vegas odds are still in his favor, very solidly. And I think she still needs, 
a, a number of, she needs to go through a number of hoops. A number of things have to fall in place for her to get it. It's, it's not impossible. We've talked about this before, but but she's still counting on uh, quite a run through an obstacle course. At this point, she's got to she's got to flawlessly set up and then um, perfectly execute some political version of that mouse trap game, right? <laughs> Which did you? We were talking about that the other day. Did you ever play that game? Did anyone ever play the game? Or you just set it up, right? I only ever knew one family that even had it. There was uh, the one family I knew where it's like the kids kind of got whatever. They were a little bit spoiled, and they, so the kids yeah. had everything. And the kids had the mousetrap game. And I, I think my parents dropped me off there at one point. I got, I don't know, I got stuck there for a couple of days when I was growing up for some reason. I forget why. And But I was all excited. Like, you know, and I, I wasn't really excited to stay there. But when I saw that they had the mousetrap game, I'm like, yeah! You know, I finally, it was like in your head, you finally get to check it off the list. I'm going to get to play mousetrap because you saw it advertised all the time. And then they, they were, like, missing one of the pieces. Oh. Missing like some crucial link in the whole Rube Goldbergian contraption, and it just it right. wouldn't work. So I was the marble. frustrated right. forever. Yeah, I got nothing. So same uh, thing. We had we had the friends. I think we just would set it up exactly. Yeah, set it up, and then it would never work. So it would never, it, it's true. It is true. I did have this little. Uh, I had a little uh, mousetrap flashback anxiety, and I never thought I would say that. A wow. few, a few. I don't know. A few months ago, I was watching MythBusters. And they were trying to do some weird. I don't remember why they were trying to do some weird again, like a Rube Goldberg thing where. Like Jamie on MythBusters, somebody he's I don't know, they, they set something up and then it had to go. Uh, uh, it was like a 19-minute thing where like a boot hit hit like a soccer ball that set off a firework that filled a can full of something that turned on a candle that launched a sparkler that you know and at the end it did something really lame like opening a ketchup bottle or something. <laughs> but I had all of this anxiety like oh come on you got to make it happen so anyway. Let's <laughs> totally brought you back to the missing piece. Let's forget, let's forget that whole weird flashback into my head just now. Let's pretend that didn't happen. Are you on tomorrow? Yes, here tomorrow. All right. As always, uh, fantastic to talk to you. We will speak with you uh, then tomorrow, Lisa. Excellent. Thank you, Lisa Dejardin, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. All right. How you doing over there? Good. I like those glasses. Are you going with that kind of frame? Kind of, I'm gonna go with the plastic, fr- like you know, like you know, like, yeah. the pl- like not ri- wire or anything. Yeah. No, I like those. Same color. No, I don't know. I think I I have my mindset on like maybe getting some gray glasses. I like it. I think yeah. I think you look good. I think you look good in glasses. Yeah. Are you now? Are you? If I may ask, now are you anxious about the way you look in glasses? Are you? Do you? Are you? Not are you indifferent? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. I, don't I think really they care. they really work. I think they, they really. You know what? I can even just I can feel the difference now. I mean, I haven't had more than these in like over a year, so I'm sure the prescription. Oh man, it's, but it's like on. here's the thing: when you get glasses and when you finally get your prescription updated, or like if you've uh, never had glasses and you went in, the weird thing is. The guy's going to come in with his glasses, and he's going to give you the whole long, boring thing about, you know, don't clean them with a Brillo pad, and here's a little case to put them in, and he gives you, like, the, the, the lame, like, case that you never use, and the, the little, uh, whatever, the little polishing thing or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, and he gives you the whole, take them off with both hands, not with one, and all of that. But then when you finally leave the doctor's office with your glasses on, and in this case, if you're at the mall, you walk out into the mall, it's going to mess with your head. Because I don't even think, know what it would be like to see things like totally clear. It's going to be weird. It's actually going to make you for for a, probably an hour. You're going to think there's something wrong with the glasses. Like you're going to because it, because your brain. You think about it. You've had however many years of viewing things one way of your brain compensating and picking up the slack, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Your brain has just adjusted to a fuzzy picture all these years. So your brain thinks it's normal. He's going to put on those glasses. You're going to walk out of the mall, and suddenly everything that's 300 yards away will be in focus. You'll be like, ah! No, that doesn't you, seem right. It's, I mean, you won't be able to read writing that's like across the, you know, the, the parking lot or anything. But I mean, but I mean, stuff's not going to blur out. 
That's I mean, so weird. things are going to be really small, but they'll still be crisp and in focus, probably. And it's going to mess with you. Like, I can't look at it. It's too overpowering. <laughs> it's too beautiful. Siri, no, I think that you'll totally be like, um, yeah, you'll be like in that Jessica Alba film about she's crying at the sunrise or whatever. Oh, God. All right. So, anywho. Uh, well, let's do this, and then we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir or madam, as the case may be. You have joined the Rick Emerson Radio Experience. Hello. Speak now among your peers. Hello? <laughs> yes, hello. Hi. Oh, okay, good. What's uh, up? Oh, yeah, I just called to let you know I'm the one that got your song on the radio. Uh, on the, uh, on it, so we got the Barack Obama song on Air America, so that was the, I have yeah. you to thank for that. Yeah, well, I hate to burst your bubble, but he, he wasn't really taking it all that seriously. I'm sorry, what? He wasn't taking it seriously. Well, yeah. no, it, well, it's not like it's anybody. Like, yeah, it's like a, a huge like it life is, work. It is a parody song. So yeah. the only the only goal, because clearly it's a parody of the Pina Colada song. So it's not like I wanted to hear it and go. No, no, no. This is this takes me back to the first time I heard Rachmaninoff. The the goal was though for them to hear it and to buy it as something that somebody would make sincerely. So as no. long as that happened, that's that's all I need, sir. God bless I, you. Thank I you for really thank you for doing the Lord's work. Oh, no problem. You're a good person, my friend. That's uh, right. Big plans for your weekend? Um, uh, drinking. Uh, I guess that's it. Excellent. All right. Well, that's really all you need to do to stay in our target demo, so I yeah. we appreciate that. Yeah. Bye for help. All right. all right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. A person says to be my space friend, and uh-huh. like I, it's a private profile, so you can't tell, so I'm always a little sketchy about that. Right. But her quote is, Tim Riley is my personal savior. Oh, well, there you go. That's I all know. you need to know. That's all I need to know. With the stream, it makes it so hard, though. I know I've talked about this before, but I got some friend requests yesterday, and it's a girl, and I'm always suspicious of that, too. You know, it's like when a girl, a, so-and-so, a girl wants to be your friend. I'm like, that can't be real. <laughs> Must be fake. No girl ever wants to be my friend. Damn virus? <laughs> stupid, stupid uh, profile whores. And so, uh, but I click on it. And it, it's not set to private, but it's just like is you know is in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and I'm looking and I'm going well, okay, I don't know. It's like we don't have friends in common, but if they're listening online, we probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, like if she's listening to the stream or listening well, to the podcast. It, it seems like there's something of substance. You know what's a good way to check? To we talk about my space too much. That's fine. Um, if you look in the comments, and if all of the comments are just like automated ones, like little sparkly fairies, oh, like yeah. I'm thinking of you. Sparkly. Yeah. Why does everything on MySpace have to be sparkly? I don't know. I, who decided that all of the little graphics, like, thanks for the ad, and, you know, it, 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 what, you're a great, per, happy 4th of July, and they're all glittery. You're right about that. Is that because it's like an automated profile, like people get those automated layout so. helper things? And... Yeah, so if you see that they're not communicating back and forth with anybody that's really real. All right. That's okay, I, no, no, that's no. That's a, okay, but if the comments look real, they're probably a real person. Then. Yeah. All right, fair enough. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome you to the Rick Emerson Show. From New York City, CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Hey, how are you? How's life, brother? How are things? Uh, I've calmed down since yesterday a little bit. <laughs> yesterday you were having a bit of a day. You were, every time I did, first I would mention New England, screw New England, you know. It's like everything out of my mouth triggered some sort of weird, like really virulent, uh, like pro-New York advocacy from you. Yeah, I just didn't have time for anything yesterday. So I think I think the New Yorker in me was coming out, you know. That's okay. Fair enough. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's good to be proud of where you're from, my friend. Yeah. It's good to it's it's good to be a believer in one's community. Although it is a little ridiculous how many Boston fans are here, but I digress. <laughs> would you say that there are more? Would, let me let me ask you this: just like uh, of all of the competing baseball teams uh, uh-huh. that will come to your fair city to compete, uh, which fans cause the most trouble, or do you dread the most? Is it Boston? Uh-huh. 
That's a really good question. That's what I do. I would have to say Boston, but that's a, per- <laughs> that's a personal choice. That's a personal. Uh, Wait, let me, can I just ask you this? I mean, what is he? Were you beaten by somebody from Boston in your youth or something? Did they hold you down and club you with a wrench? I was actually up in Boston one holiday weekend watching a, a Yankees Boston game on TV, and I was the only New Yorker in the house. Uh huh. Need I say any more? <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just suspecting there is some sort of trauma uh, in your background. So that's, uh, you know, just. Just make, make it an just make it an observation. Um, so and then you so you do have it. Uh, you're really busy because then you got all this stuff. Like you're going to what Pennsylvania and then back and then Passover and then Pennsylvania again. Yeah, and don't forget the Pope's visit and the, and the Pope. Yeah, I do love the idea that it's Pennsylvania and it's all P. Pennsylvania Pope Passover Pennsylvania primary. It's a mess of peas. It really is. Um, so when are you headed to Pennsylvania the first time? I'm actually going tomorrow just to do a little exploring and, and, and interview folks and get some get some uh, advanced work done. Then I'll go back down Monday night, so I'll be in place for uh, for Tuesday morning to do uh, reports on stations and, and whatnot. And then let's see what what day is that after that? I don't, I even, I gotta look don't know. Like, Saturday, Monday? No, I don't that, know. I got nothing. That would be uh, so. I'd be back here on, on Tuesday evening okay. or Wednesday. So like, uh, and then and then the following, not that weekend, but the weekend after, is the weekend of the Pope's visit and Passover. And so now, just all right. Let me just get my head around this. So the primary is April twenty second, and I right. know that now they're both there now. And I know uh, the general read on this, if I'm not incorrect. I mean, I know that Obama has gained a little bit, but I think he's trying to, as they say in sales, manage expectations. Because he, because well, there was such a rout uh, in Ohio, he just got his head handed to him. And the, demographically speaking, I think Pennsylvania is very similar to Ohio, and so there's sort of a, an expectation. It's not how much he's, you know, if he's going to lose, but it's by how much, I would think. Yeah, and uh, well, there was a Quinnipiac University poll that came out yesterday, that or, or the day before rather, that uh, put the distance between the two uh, at a much narrower uh, amount of that Hillary is now leading him by um, 9% in their most recent polls. So, but the one thing that we've seen in, the, in these primaries is that, you know, the, the standard poll methodology really isn't uh, playing out well uh, on Election Day. So it's hard to read into that what it means. I do know that there are issues uh, in Pennsylvania that are a little bit different than in, in Ohio. Uh, apparently, uh, race is a bigger issue in Pennsylvania uh, when it comes to who you vote for. The, the the white males, especially those 40 and above, are, are something like 80% uh, in favor of voting for Hillary Clinton, whereas uh, Barack Obama has something like 80 or 90% of the African-American male vote. So there there is a much larger proportion of, of people voting along the lines of their own ethnicity. It just it really is, as I told uh, Lisa Desjardins a while back, I almost want to fast forward in my head to this whole election cycle being over so I can read uh, just you know, some some definitive account of it because it really is shaping up to be, I mean, I don't say the most interesting, but certainly uh, really just one of the most nuanced and layered elections probably we've ever had, ever. It really is. Did you hear all the comparisons to Rocky Balboa? I did. Day? Well, I heard that Hillary was, as she always does, trying to make, she's making some horrible, embarrassing analogy. Hillary, I mean, there's many things to like about her, but there's many things that really she shouldn't do. She shouldn't try to joke. She shouldn't try to be funny. She shouldn't yeah. try to show human emotion. She shouldn't make wacky April Fool's things about bowling. Oh, uh, yeah, I've got that one, too. Oh, God, it was awful. And then she was, you know... But what if Rocky Balboa had stopped halfway up the... And I think, Ob- I think Obama had the best response. He goes, that's a movie. 
<laughs> which is which is so great. Which is just a boot right in the ribs. I think I think I have. I think this is the cut. Hold on. Oh. Senator Obama says he's getting tired of the campaign. Tired. His supporters say yeah. they want yeah. it to end. Could you imagine if Rocky Balboa had gotten halfway up those art museum stairs and said, "Well, I guess that's about far enough." That's not the way it works. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah, especially con- considering that she was trying to say that she was the underdog, you know, comparing herself right. to to, uh, to uh, Rocky, the underdog, and and Barack was like, uh, last I looked in this state, I'm the underdog. And not only that, wasn't that the same day that Sylvester Stallone actually endorsed Barack Obama? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's a that's a thing she shouldn't have. That's. That's a mistake. That's what that is. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we will probably not speak with you until, uh, well, I don't know, maybe until next week then, because you're going to be traveling tomorrow most likely. You know, I do have a dilemma tomorrow. You, I, as you know, I've stopped eating red meat unless I know it's like, you know, uh, comes from one of those farms <laughs> that really isn't polluting the environment so much. Yes. Uh, but but there's all that Philly cheesesteak around, and I, I might have to, you know, Put aside my my morals uh, for one day. Well, here's the thing: is I would view that as sort of a journalistic endeavor. You know what I mean? Yeah, and everything's okay in moderation. Seriously, it's right. sort of a Morgan Spurlock kind of thing. You look, uh, it may be dangerous, but this is what you have to do sometimes when you're a journalist. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I may need to go experience the Philly uh, the Philly cheesesteak. I also may go buy that uh, that that Philly cheese take place where the guy put out the sign that said, you know, he won't serve you unless you could speak English. Right, or right. Order in English, yeah. See, then, then, you, then you could probably write it off, too. <laughs> hey, if, if, I, if I do find that guy, I, sh- I, sh- I think I should call in and put him on your show. Absolutely. I think you would do a good interview with Yes, him. absolutely. You know, be sure to, I saw that story the other day. I'm just going to name you on plus. Again, when, it, you know, April 15th rolls around, uh, you know, you can let the man pay for all of this. Yeah, true. This is true. All right, travel safe, my friend. We'll talk to you all soon. Right. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen, in New York City. Fantastic. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Well, let's get a couple of... uh, Hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi, hello. Uh, My name is Kelly. I was just calling iMySpace a friend request to you yesterday. I absolutely love you. Did I I approve or did I... You uh, did. I didn't email back with like, you're not real. No, you approved me, and All I thought right. you were talking about me on the radio, but it was some girl from Scranton or something. We are talking. All of our messages are secretly directed at you, Kelly. <laughs> no, uh, I was like, yay, he's talking about my friend's request on the radio. Now it's, I love it's, you guys. Well, it's just very, uh, you know, and you know how it is on the on the space. That is, you know, there's people out there that either, you know, it's like in bands, or they're doing some weird, some like uh, some some site where they just want, you know, whatever. You get like a robot thing that just sends friend requests to everybody. Help. Yeah, no, I wrote a note. I said, yes, I really am a fan, and I love you, and I've been listening forever. I so. didn't know that made it easier. I actually do remember that. That made it, it makes it easier when they say, like, hey, best show ever or whatever, because yeah. some, sometimes you'll just get the, like, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if they do this, like, if the, if the sort of friend spam bots or whatever they are, if they're yeah. savvy enough to sort of be gender specific, but sometimes you'll get the one that, like, I think you're, and it's like, you are, I think you're hot, five T's, nine exclamation marks. And he's like, and then I just delete. I'm like, no. I mean, I, you yeah, know, as much as I'd like to believe that's real, I know in my heart that it's a lie. Right. All right. Well, actually, well, thank you. Where are you? Uh, are you here in Portland? I am here in Portland. Um, I've been listening for a, forever, for All a right. really long time. Well, thank you. Are you spreading the and word, Kelly? I'm spreading the word, and um, I'm hoping to come to a listener party this time. All right. May oh, 15th, yeah. Thursday, 8 p.m., the to. Crystal Ballroom. The last two, I was having babies, so... Well, um, try to avoid... Well, 
You know how to stop that, right? I mean, it's like you figured out the connection. I have stopped it. Tubes are tied. Okay, so excellent. Come oh. to the listener party. Right, there's no excuse thing, Kelly. You have to be there. there's, Yeah, there's no getting All out right, of it now. Sarah. All right, thank you, Kelly. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, there you go. That's uh, Kelly. She sounds All adorable. Right. She really does. All right, Thursday, <laughs> I'm May fifteenth. Having babies. There's oh, that's great. Uh, all right, well, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Tim Riley around the corner with news. Have you news for us, Tim? Yes. All right. Uh, let's see. Later on, uh, Jim Roop, top five. Uh, Dennis Pittsburgh, all the state. There's the Rick Emerson Show at AM 970. Solid State Radio. Go nowhere. Radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming by. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A man climbing over a chain link fence in Vancouver choked to death when he got tangled up between his straps and his beer filled backpack. Please tell me he was trying to do something illegal. Well, let's see here. 51 year old James Francis Henry had been drinking beer and walking with his girlfriend, 38 year old Kelly Jo Barkley. They were returning to their, camp, uh, their homeless camp. From a roadside right. panhandling site. This, is this a Darwin watch? I suppose, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your ad hoc Darwin watch for you. Thursday. Thursday. That stuff is about to go down. Don't, don't, don't. I need all my cap. Don't, don't, don't. My parents won't let me use scissors. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. Damn. So this is uh, so this is at a homeless camp where? No, it's not at a homeless camp. They're heading back to it. Heading after panhandling. Oh, <laughs> after a busy day of panhandling. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's take this from the top so everybody can savor every single sentence of it. So a fellow climbing over a chain link fence in the Couve choked to death when he got tangled up in the straps of his beer filled backpack. It's good to know that he could afford beer though. Yeah. 51-year-old James Francis Henry had been drinking beer last night and walking with his girlfriend, 38-year-old Kelly Jo Barkley, madly in love. They were turning to their homeless camp from their roadside panhandling site. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, uh, let's see, Barkley said he fell while trying to scale a six-foot chain-link fence because they can't walk on the road, apparently. He got his neck caught in the chest strap of his backpack and said, help me, help me. About the time she got to a nearby uh, residence to call 911 and emergency crews arrived, well, Henry was right unconscious. there. Why doesn't she help him? That's a good question. And seriously, you have to work really hard to get your the head... Chest, the neck strap? Is that what it was? Uh, the chest the strap? Chest That's the thing that goes right here, right? Yeah. Then it just unsnaps. Yeah, seriously. Just, well, he had been drinking I was going to say, I suppose if you're homeless and drunk, maybe that's easier said than executed. Jesus. And uh, when they found him dead, his backpack still had a dozen 40-ounce cans of beer inside. Making it all the easier to pour one out for their dead homie, Tim. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there you go. So the moral is, don't be that guy. There's your Darwin don't, model. Don't, All right. Here's Tim Riley. An elderly Beaverton woman stuck in her bathtub for five days has been rescued. It all began with a call from the woman's daughter. She lives out of the area. Hadn't heard from mom in several days, leading her to call the apartment manager at Woodbury Apartments. Maintenance workers uh, broke the lock in the woman's door, entered the apartment, and found the woman uh, crying out from her bathtub. A neighbor, Ryan Green, said he always makes an effort to help the elderly woman. He knows she struggles to get up and down the stairs, but he never imagined she would become stuck in her own bathtub. Of course, uh, nobody knows how well they could get on for five days doing that. The woman said she even drained the water from the tub, but she didn't think she needed an ambulance. Uh, she was taken to Providence Hospital to be treated. There's no word on her condition. Uh, and she was all, always known as a tough lady, so nobody's surprised that uh, she survived. And uh, apparently, maybe she grabbed a towel to keep herself warm. She hasn't been interviewed yet. Always have your towel handy. Also, somebody is claiming, I don't know if this is true, have you heard anything about a car that's on fire on I-205? No. On the I-205? The I-205? Let me let me check the I-205 as a California transplant who, who comes here with out-of-state money to uh, to buy things and raise the prices of everything around us, shall we? Would you please? I certainly would. That was the first thing I did when I came to Portland, by the way, was to, to buy a house and, and jack up the prices in St. John's. Sometimes it's just too easy. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. Hi. Hello. Rick. Hi. Hey, um, I was wondering, uh, since you're into uh, MySpace, how many of those um, fake friend requests do you get that uh, actually link up to a uh, porn site of some type? Well, I don't know because I try. I mean, I don't think they go to a porn site as such. I think... Some of those friend requests are to MySpace profiles that are then in turn basically just thinly like veiled fan. advertisements. Like yeah, where it's like you yeah, go there and yeah, where they get those links that lead either to like their sexy chats or some <laughs> other type of a video cam. And the chats aren't the chats aren't that sexy. Let me tell you. Uh, but it, but you'll go there and like it, like you know instead of like their MySpace quote instead of like you know you know this is my boomstick it'll say like you know. Come come to hot you know whores dot com now or or something. So yeah, it's like they start talking about how you know it's unfair that MySpace doesn't let us post new pictures of ourselves. So please come to my website. Seriously, <laughs> my boyfriend is really really mean. So I'm getting back at him by posting pictures of my breasts everywhere. Come here now. So, That's awesome. And yeah. you know the worst part? Mm. Whenever I get one of those. I always think to myself, ooh, someone cares. But then I look at it, and it's like... <laughs> no one cares. Oh. No. And I start to cry. <laughs> you know, for just a moment, though, I think everybody does that. You look at her, that's so that's fantastic. She's hot. And then you kind of look at it and you go, uh, well, no, I guess yeah, not. Yeah, right. and that's been happening ever since I posted a picture of myself, which kind of awesome, so I'm not very attractive either way, but, you know, what can I say? Are you, are you Rick's MySpace friend? Nope. Not yet. Well, if I if I post nude pictures of myself, sir, will it make it worth your while? Uh, uh, maybe just a little bit, you know. All right. I'm glad we had this talk. Have a good day. Thank you. All right. Here's Tim Riley. This former California check traffic report site. No car reported fire. No car, no car fire. fire. No see. No see fire of car. Me keep looking through magical computer. Div- now I've just become something else. Now I've just become Tonto. All right. Well, in any event. So, uh. Richie, there's, I don't know who said that, but uh, we're not seeing that on the 205 or on the 84 
or uh, or anywhere else out there on the. Uh, we keep eye on it. We we keep good lookout, Richie. Here's Tim Riley. The Oregon Teacher Licensing Agency has revoked the license of a teacher who it says propositioned two colleagues, discussed sex with a student, and took two kids along with her when she got a tattoo. The action means Amy E. Wilson cannot apply for a new license. She hasn't taught at the Rainier High School since uh, 2003-2004 school year, and her license expired last year. Uh, apparently, Wilson had a number of inappropriate encounters with staff members and students, but this report does not mention actual sexual relationships. Now, she was a language art and social studies teacher. A man was wounded in a shooting near a private bus stop last night. A group of men confronted another one when he got off a bus at the intersection of 162nd and Burnside. Around uh, 7 o'clock, an argument escalated into gunfire. One man was wounded, rushed to a local hospital. He's expected to live on to ride the bus again. I love it. <laughs> He'll live to be wounded another day. Uh, somebody has an observation about your eyeglasses, sir. They say when you get your glasses, and I agree with him, by the way, spring for glass. Don't go with plastic. Uh, they cost more and they're heavier, but the last time I got plastic, they got scratched up the first time I used a Kleenex on them. Oh, yeah, that's Yeah, no you good. can get scratch-resistant. Yeah, too. and scratch-resistant is okay. That costs yeah. more, too, but it, it's... Uh, in, in so should e- I get scratch-resistant plastic or glass? I'm saying for me, glass, but I mean... I it, know, can you tell what these are? What are these? Are uh, those are plastic. They're plastic. I think. It depends on how thick they are. Okay, they're not very thick. Uh, so I'm just making. But in in either event, if you go for plastic, get them scratch resistant because the first dot. You know what it is? It's like having um, uh, like your cell phone or a, an iPod or a BlackBerry. You drop it in the parking lot, <laughs> scratch across the front. You just want to kill yourself. So if you get a scratch on your glasses, it's like the worst thing. And then you got to get it buffed out or whatever. Well, and they I charge have you sunglasses for it. that have scratches on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't want to do that. And then, it's like, and then it's like having bad vision again, except it's like having a scratch across your eyeballs. So okay, you so scratch-resistant plastic. I, well, yeah, if you want light, thin glasses, scratch-resistant plastic. You'll okay. have to pay for the extra, though. Yeah, no, they'll try, yeah you, that, you'll have to pay that out of your own pocket, like, probably, but it's worth it. Okay, like how much How much of a price difference is it? I think it was like 25 Yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's, it's, whatever right. it is, it's I, worth I have it. No, I have no range of like how much glasses cost. You know, I, like yeah. in my mind, it's like they could be They're like $700. Under 100. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, you're not going to have to pay more than 100 bucks yeah. for those. I mean, f- all told. Uh, but yeah, whatever it costs, get the scratch-resistant because it's going to be cheaper. If you mess them up, you'll have no choice but to go in and get them either replaced in a worst-case scenario or buffed out, and it's going to be more than you would pay to get in scratch-resistant in the first place. Okay. So that is an ounce of prevention right there. Here's Tim Riley. So today is the big day for the pregnant man on Oprah. Don't forget to watch it. Uh, it's on at 4 o'clock, I believe, right before the news on uh, Channel 8. He's been married to a woman, and the baby appears uh, to be healthy so far, and the baby's uh, due date is July 3rd, 2008. So uh, that's going to be on uh, News Channel 8 this afternoon. And this is the, uh, the he-she-man mom yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Central Oregon man fell off a cliff, but he's okay. Well, as okay as falling off a cliff can be, I guess. He lost his balance and fell off a cliff. He placed him 40 feet. A friend called 911 and said, my friend has just fallen off a cliff. Uh, he was airlifted to St. John's Medical Center, wherever that is. You're sure he's okay? Yeah. 40 feet? Well, well, it's it's serious enough to warrant some attention, but it's not life-threatening. To the best of our knowledge. Right. It's, is it's, this going to be one of those stories where we get to the end and blood donations in his name can be made to no, the children? Alcohol might have contributed to his loss of balance. Okay, really, speaking of alcohol contributing to your loss of balance. Why don't I climb to the top of a mountain under the influence <laughs> of alcohol and possibly, possibly I will not fall off the top. Somebody had a really great question back on this story about the idiot homeless guy uh, that strangled himself on the whatever mm-hmm. on his backpack. He said, Rick... The story said he had a dozen 40s in his backpack. That's what it says, yes. That is a big-ass backpack. That's, that's got to be huge. That's got to be, I mean, 
A 40 that's, that's like, large. That's like a, it was a lapse of judgment on his part. Let's, <laughs> but let's, I mean, let's admit that. that <laughs> that's almost admirable that he was able to get a dozen of those into one backpack. Was it 40s or 16-ounce beers? Did no, you, 40s. 40s. 40s? 40s. 12 40-ounce uh, yes. bottles of that his favorite. Really very his favorite. Be- it's a kind of amazing he was able to climb the fence in the first place, actually. Now, if, if I was the man, I would throw the backpack over the fence first. Yeah, but you can't do that. You can break, break. Party, Tim. Yeah, you don't want to... Yeah, you know oh, it'll shake up the beer, I guess. Well, and they're just going to break because it's glass. You don't want to damage precious alcohol. Oh, it's not in cans. No. Oh, I see. Okay. I don't think they're forty ounce cans, but that is kind of funny. But no, I, I had no a can the size of a wastebasket. Yeah. Next time you're buying yeah. some of you your. You don't live in Southeast, and you don't have them on your front lawn every day. Seriously. <laughs> Empty what? old English Tim, bottles. Let me introduce you to a little something called <laughs> King Cobra, Tim. Uh, they so... do make forty ounce like cans, though. Do they? I've seen enormous cans before. <laughs> <laughs> These are the biggest cans I've ever seen. Okay. I'm pretty sure Sarah Dillon seen... talks about her enormous cans. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. It, no. it is Thursday. What better day to do it? <laughs> <laughs> the best part is how she just looked down to double check. Really? Well, all right. Boy, howdy. Here's a dumb question. Because I'm not a consumer of, uh, of malt liquor, um... So why the glass, not plastic, Sarah? Does plastic, does the, does the taste of the plastic or whatever leach into the malt <laughs> I'm beverage? Sure people are really concerned about taste when they're buying 40s. Well, that's what I'm saying. Doesn't you think it would I, be cheaper to I, sell it in plastic? Why do you think I'd know? Maybe this man would have survived had it not been glass. I Well, that's what I'm saying. If it had been in plastic, he could have, he could have. This is really more thought than he ever gave his own life, by the way. This <laughs> Well, some politician will, will come out with this. He so. lives on in our minds. I'm just saying... It seems like, look, I understand the deal of putting alcohol in uh, bottles, not cans. Because if you put it in a can, they get that, um, they get the, it gets the tinny taste. And, and despite, what does that be? Is it natural lighters? It has a can lining to keep the tinny taste out, which I think doesn't work <laughs> at all. Taste. Or whatever, whatever that is where it doesn't taste like metal. You sound like you're speaking in limericks right now. Tinny taste. Um, but I don't understand if you're going to sell 40s. And, uh, you know, and perhaps, um, how do I put this? 40, uh, big-ass 40-ounce bottles of malt liquor maybe don't necessarily always sell to the upper echelon of society. So it seems like, you ought, why wouldn't they put it in some sort of plastic bottle, which would then make it cheaper to sell? You move more of your product then. And then this guy would still be alive. If only they'd made... Tim, clearly a lawsuit needs to be filed. It's their fault. That's what I was thinking. If they had only put the malt liquor in plastic, he'd still be alive. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, somebody will tell us. Uh, this email says, Rick. Oh, this is from... Uh, what's his name? Andy the homeschool kid. Andy the homeschool kid here. I would like to ask about listener party 11. Are you going to be restricting the party to 21 and over? Oh, Andy. It's not really... I think you know the answer to that, Andy. For a homeschool kid, that's a dumb question. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think about, we all know the answer. What about smoking? Is it just going to be smoking in Lola's? I don't know. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a smoker like everybody else in this room. I you know what I mean. Smoker. That's what I mean. Like all of us here, we're exactly. not smokers. Uh, yeah, because Aaron was Is saying that he has all the... Is the crystal non-smoking? Um, I've... I've seen people smoking there, and then I've seen them not smoking there. I think it's a non-smoking venue. Well... Okay. I think, but I don't really know. See, that's the thing. I don't smoke, so I don't know what's non-smoking and not. I know that you can smoke in Lola's room. Are, is that going to be open at the night of the party as well? Uh, sort of. Okay. Details to follow. Okay. So um, I guess Lola doesn't care if you smoke in her no, room. No, Lola, she doesn't care. Okay. She's a whore. Uh, the uh, no, the uh, Lola's room will kind of be open. We'll we'll talk that's more. So mean, Rick Emerson, you bring me to a non-smoking venue. I don't know that it's a non-smoking venue. I really don't know anything about I. 
don't smoke, and so I don't know what's a non-smoking venue and what isn't. Like, I'll tell you this. some sort of room like they used to have for screaming babies in church that you can see through the glass? Some leper lounge right. where you can look at the smokers <laughs> yeah. and mock them? You know, and press it, them and against it, the glass. Right, and it sucks all the Hello? smoke out of the room. There's a better life somewhere. Uh, well, like at the Vegas airport, they because the Vegas airport is now non-smoking, but, of course, they still want to be able to get your money. So they've created a little glass box in the center of the Vegas airport where you can smoke and gamble on slot machines all at once. And you walk by, and it's a, it literally is a glassed-in room, because you want to be able to see where Dad is blowing the rent. So, you you know, there's a glass room, and it's so it's sad. It's like a little shame cage? And the room is filled yeah. with smoke. It's like one of those old-school flash bulbs that you take the photo, uh. and there's smoke inside. It's it's just a glass room full of smoke and slot machines. You just see these disembodied hands coming out of the smoke and pulling the lever. So, anyway, but, you know, but somebody asked, Aaron and I were talking about Vegas, because... The El Cortez obviously uh, is a big ashtray, but we he I realized some of the sm- the casinos have such great smoke removal systems that like I think we were talking about the um, Jesus I don't know the MGM Grand or something and I I realized that I could not remember whether the MGM Grand Casino was smoking or not. That's totally it. I remember walking into Vegas, uh, walking like the like the Paris I think. Yeah. And walking, I'm like, oh, this must be non-smoking. I'm but like, I don't really know. It. And because I don't smoke. I don't know, but I'm assuming Vegas is all smoking. I think the Crystal is a non-smoking venue. I think. But that being said... Is that I... the one we told them like this was? Yes. Oh, okay. Now I know where it is. Yeah. Uh, not the last time, but uh, a couple years ago. Yeah. You walk um, up the stairs. Yeah, there's a balcony. Mm-hmm. Well, you go into the street, and then you go upstairs, and there's a big floor, and then there's the balcony, and then there's Lola's room. Is that and place it's on the corner with yeah, the coffee shop in the bottom? Yeah, and there's Wringler's downstairs, and it's sort of uh, the whole place is on springs and whatnot. And there's scooters around back and you, with you had a, a yeah. rock party for one of your videos there, I think. No, 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 no. That was at, uh, that was at Sabala's. No, it wasn't Sabala's. It was downstairs at this place at Intersection across. It was on Burnside. A rap party for one of my videos. Yeah. I don't even know what we're talking about now. Uh-huh. Was I no, there? The one where Claire was eating all the pie. The rap party for that one. <laughs> oh, Remote Control. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the rap party when we filmed Remote Control. That was at Ringler's. And upstairs is... Is the Crystal. Uh-huh, so it's the right place. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you were both right. All right. Let's move forward. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know there was a disagreement. I don't know what's going on. I just... That's the only thing I remember about that video. Yeah. Uh, I uh, ate all the pie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the Crystal is a great venue, though. We're really, very legitimately very thrilled to be there. Uh, so it's very it's cool. It's really pretty. It's... I'm actually, I'm going to the Crystal Ballroom tonight. Really? Mm-hmm. For? I'm going to a show. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I'm going to see, uh, I think Roger Klein is there. I think that's where he's playing. Uh, anyway, this month. It's a great venue. So, uh, Rick Emerson Listener Party, uh, 11, May 15th, 8 p.m., uh, at the Crystal Ballroom. Uh, more details, uh, Tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow, we will be unveiling the main event. And you know what? Even if it is, it, it probably is not smoking, and it's just a, you know, a few lovely hours out of our lives. Seriously. And it won't be all, and won't be all stinky. I'm sure that everybody can resist the pull of cigarettes for two hours, Sarah. Can't they? Sure they can. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. So according to this article, skip the water and have a soda instead. It has been said that water removes uh, toxicities from your body, relieves headaches, and keeps your skin growing. But will drinking eight glasses of water a day actually improve your health? No, said this new survey. Uh, There's little evidence that drinking a lot of water improves an individual's health. So have soda instead. And that's from Fox. Drink all the soda you can. Right. So this is from Fox, one Uh, of their scientific uh, research. uh, Apparently, uh, somebody's now saying at the Crystal Ball Room, there is smoking... let me just make it get reading this correctly here. And the last time I was there, this person says they were smoking in Lola's and in the balcony. And now, but here's somebody else, Crystal, totally non-smoking. 
Yeah, see, I don't know. We'll have to figure it. We'll call them and figure it out. I don't know the answer. Yeah, because I know, because I remember when I, uh, Kiki dragged me to Bone Thugs in Harmony, what, what, <laughs> um, and we were in the backstage area where, like, that, um, you know how they put up that screen thing? Uh-huh. Yes, they the do. Stage? Like, everyone there was smoking. That was, like, a few months ago. Did you win seven minutes on the tour bus? <laughs> You're, yeah. I, I had a couple cocktails, and I was telling this guy I really liked his jewelry. <laughs> I like your jewelry. Did you say jewelry? Yeah, I said jewelry. I was like, your necklace is so sparkly and pretty, and he did not want anything to do with me. Hi. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Am I myself today? Yes, you are. Hello. I had a um, quick comment about the... Another layer of amusement to the Tom Hartman thing. Oh, yeah. So, And I've downloaded the podcast, by the way, um, and I'm trying to see if I can, uh, during the break, I'll see if I can find the actual section that we will then air for journalistic review and comment. Um, So... Uh, yeah, we created this horrible Barack Obama song, uh, and then we offered uh, like a like a, a sort of a pro- we, the, the deal was we were going to offer the Star Wars trilogy on DVD um, to the first person who could get it played by some DJ who would take it seriously. And apparently, not only did somebody play it and take it seriously, apparently it was Tom Hartman on Air America, which still exists in a few places. So yes, what is the other uh, layer, sir? Well, uh, Tom Hartman is based in Portland. Well, he does. <laughs> Sorry. He does, sounds like it's smoking in here. Well, and he does that thing where he does like a, some split, like some part of a national show that they try to like pass off as local for part of it too. It's all very complex. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure though that he is in Portland. But All right, so this was this, but somebody, I think this was in the later section when it was actually broadcast everywhere. That uh, would make me even happier if it was like in the national section of his show. It might be like flogging a dead horse, but I also have yes. a uh, quick uh-huh. liner for the show. Yes, okay. Okay. Um, Rick Emerson, when he speaks, God kills a kitten. I like it, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Bye. Okay. There you go. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. Then there's this, the discovery of 14,000-year-old Oregonians. New evidence shows that people lived here more than 14,000 years ago. It was too late for me to make a joke about uh, KXL right there. I was, like, in my brain, I was, already, I was already trying to put it together, and then I couldn't do it by the time you moved on. That's okay. Discovered in a cave in Oregon, fossil feces found that DNA showed that residents lived here, and they came here from Siberia and East Asia, according to a report in an online edition of Journal Science. This is the first time that we've been able to get dates on... Early Oregonians. Actually, they were here 1,000 years before we thought. This according to a University of Oregon uh, bone specialist. Uh, humans are widely believed to have arrived in North America from Asia over a land bridge between Alaska and Siberia during a warmer period. A variety of dates has been proposed, and some are in dispute. A few artifacts were found in the cave, but they speculated on it, and they found uh, some old feces. So they did some tests on it, and they found... Oregonians walked around here 14,000 years ago. And pooped. Yeah. I was just, and, but, there's, but that's all leading up to some sort of a punchline that I don't have. I know. Want me to keep reading to you? Come no, on. No, because I'm not going to come up with that. I can already tell that there's just nothing there. This is there. petrified poop. <laughs> of course it is. It has yielded a look at the diet of some of these ancient Americans. Uh, let's see. Oh, they also found the bones of squirrels, bison hair, fish scales, protein from birds and dogs, and the remains of plants such as grass and sunflowers. God, the past sucked. Yeah. Nothing good about living in the past. What should we have? I don't know. You have uh, squirrel bones or fish scales. What do you want tonight? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what would Jay Leno say? What was, the, what was the first two sentences of the story? Oh, let me go back here. Uh, for the opening two lines of the New story. New evidence shows Americans lived in Oregon more than 14,000 years ago, 1,000 years earlier than previously ever known. Wait, hold on. Uh, Americans lived here 14,000 years ago, 1,000 years earlier than previously thought. Uh... 
Mm-hmm. Wait, no, yeah. no, mm-hmm. no. See, I can't, I can't think of, I can't think of it. It seems like there should be, it, because if Jay Leno was telling this joke, he would then end it with some sort of a. Uh, and uh, scientists found the uh, the definitive proof came when they found a uh, a fourteen thousand year old, and then you would insert like a stereotypical Oregon thing. You know what I mean? Birkenstocks, flannel shirt, something. Blah 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 blah. Flannel shirt. Blah blah blah. No, it's not working for me. I, you know, I came up with a great joke the other day, but it was like it was like two days too late, and it was a st- it was a joke to be told in the style of Dennis Miller. Who wants to hear it? Sure. Sure. It's a joke. <laughs> I think you're feigning. We're all big Dennis Miller fans here. I think you're feigning enthusiasm, Tim Riley. No, really, I am. It's a three day old joke, and it only works if I tell it as Dennis Miller. Okay. Okay. So it was for national. It was for National Autism Day. Does it have uh, to do with Hillary Clinton? No. <laughs> it has to do with the war on... It has to do with radical Islam, Sarah. Um, the, no, it was from a couple days ago. Because somebody said... There was something about... Uh, it was like National Autism Day or something. Wasn't that on Tuesday or Monday? I think so. It was like autism. Now I have to find it. I thought it was, that was Rick Astley Day. <laughs> Rick. Now, see, again, it seems like they share enough letters. I ought to be able to make some sort of a pawn about Astley and autism. Just go with the flow. You're kind of struggling with the joke thing today. My comedy is failing me today. It it's uh... You just need more coffee. Yeah, I do. All right. So, um, oh, by the way, see, somebody has said, uh, incidentally, the Crystal is my favorite venue in the city. It's where I saw Skinny Puppy, Living Color, and Frontline Assembly. Uh, fabulous beer. Awesome. Uh, best listener party uh, already. Anyway, this guy says, speaking of, um, uh, he, this guy said, what, what kind of sick bastard made National Autism Awareness Day the day after April Fool's Day? So... And then so then in my head I started putting together this is like the longest build up to something that's dumb. The I started putting together an, an autism awareness day joke. But now it's only it's three days too late and it only works if I do it as Dennis. So it'll be and you would need to imagine like some sort of soft rock alt m- music bed underneath this. Okay. Maybe we can send it to Tom Hartman if we're good. He'll play it. <laughs> when he's not busy telling you how to build a log cabin, you know, like for materials around the house. Um or you know, reading a nine thousand page biography of Abraham Lincoln one sentence at a time. Uh, so the the joke would be so. Uh, and this is again as Dennis Miller. So uh, Sal, today National Autism Awareness Day. So grateful to be at the recap. You're interrupting my flow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it now. Oh, is this still going on? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought you already did it. Okay, no, I did too. Okay. Can you get the liner ready? Can you can you get the liner ready and we'll go right into the right into the liner. We won't even use the bed. Okay. <laughs> Have I wasted like 12 minutes on this? Wait, liner what for a break? Or yeah, just right into now? the bump. Yeah, not not just skip the music right into the thing. Okay. So I'll say this. So uh, Sal, today National uh, Autism Awareness Day. Uh, today, uh, yeah, National Autism Awareness Day going to be uh, marked by a moment of silence uh, to be followed by a moment of uh, running around the room and uh, bashing my head into a wall. Now more of Tom Hartman Nationwide on Portland's progressive talk station, AM620 KPOJ. I was tired of my party. We were down on our luck. With lifetime politicians Only out for a buck And then at home one evening Reading Craigslist online And in the personal section You know this post caught my eye If you like Barack Obama Versus more of the same 
I think that Hillary Clinton, as well as Barack Obama, both represent significant change. And (laughs) that's where I'm parking my flag. It's something else for Timmy to add to his resume. <laughs> Contributed to the Tom Hartman show. <laughs> totally. And that's the kind of thing you would inflate on your resume, too. Created show material and prep for a nationally syndicated Tom Hartman radio program. Well, you know, now we've really got to write one about Hillary Clinton. New well. direction. What? We've got to write one about Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah. So. No. That's the next step. Oh, that's fantastic. Now doing the, uh, now we're doing the show prep for many, many, many stations all at once. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. Well, that's great. That took less than a week. I'm proud of us. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tim Riley. So Barack Obama says he'll consider Al Gore for a possible cabinet position. He said uh, that Gore would play a big role in shaping his administration's climate policy. commitment that Al Gore will be at the table and play a central part in us figuring out how we solve this problem. He's somebody I talk to on a regular basis. Wait, hold on. I thought of a better twist on my Dennis Miller joke. I wasn't happy with that punchline. Can we just let it die? How about this one? How about this one? Let me do it again. So, uh, Sal, today, uh, National Autism Awareness Day, we followed by a, uh, no, see, I've mangled it again, moment of silence, followed by a, uh, Sometimes you just got to let things go. No, I'm the last attempt. It's the last attempt I'm going to do it. Uh, National Autism Awareness Day. Going to be a moment of silence, followed by a uh, moment of screaming and breaking windows everywhere. John McCain's our next president. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me in the back? Never mind. All right, here's Tim Riley. So uh, Michelle Obama told, uh, says everyone told her Barack Obama didn't stand a chance. Everybody said this race is over. They said there was no way that Barack Obama could win. There was a candidate that was inevitable. And we said, wow, really? It's over? That's it? We didn't have a chance to talk to anybody. Nobody voted. We hadn't raised any money. But all the pundits said, it is over. You know, Tim, some people say Barack Obama can't be elected president. That's what I hear. Yeah. As a matter of fact, both Hillary and Bill are saying that's not going to happen. Well, that's their whole thing. No, 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 he can't win. You can't vote for him. Uh, let's see. They might have to do some Joe Kennedy thing pretty soon. <laughs> Where they have, I could have Marilyn Monroe have sex with every decision maker in the country. Wouldn't matter if they think Jack is soft on the commies. Peter. Uh, by the way, 1240 ounces weighs 35 pounds. Jesus. That's wow. crazy. That's in addition to all of his, uh, 
his, his other crap that he's got to carry around. All the twine to keep his dog on and so forth. So, uh, anyway. Well, that's almost impressive, kind of. If he hadn't died there toward the end. Here's Tim Riley. I'm lost. What just happened? Oh, you went back to the other story. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's uh, move along here. It's uh, time for a Whitney Watch. Here's your oh, Whitney yay. Watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <laughs> Mr. Whitney Watson. Ah, fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. So it's in two parts. Part one. The countdown of Whitney's comeback is underway. BMG Label Group Chairman CEO and Whitney's longtime mentor, Clive Davis, says Houston's long-awaited new album will be released during the holiday season. How old is this? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, From this... when does that story date, Tim? <laughs> I think that might have been sitting there for a while. That might be a Tim. That might be a classic Whitney watch. <laughs> I don't know, but this paper turned purple and so on. We have kind of a backlog here. This little pile to my right. I don't. I don't know when that story is from. Well, it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> and Davis made the announcement while speaking at Billboard's Music and Money Symposium. While the new album will include compositions from hip-hop hitmakers like Will I Am and Akron, uh, Davis said there were no plans to compromise Whitney's musical reputation by trying to fit her into today's hip-hop market. Uh, he says, quote, the public wants Whitney material. As uh, for Whitney's voice, the voice is still there. I don't think anyone could take that from her. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Wadding that up and throwing it away. So I'd have to look at it again. I don't know how old that is, but... I have no idea what holiday season he's referring to, by the way. <laughs> it's entirely possible that the date's from What's before the, the turn holiday? of the year. Um, Fourth of July? I think we No, missed... Memorial Day. Is that true? Yes, for the big at the end of May. For the big Memorial Day <laughs> holiday, the new Whitney Houston album. Just in time for Arbor Day. All right. Well, in his upcoming biography, autobiography, Bobby Brown blows a lid on his wildly dysfunctional marriage to uh, the Grammy-winning diva. Blows a lid as opposed to the usual lids of blow? Suggesting she drove him into a nightmare of drug addiction. I never used cocaine until I met Whitney. Before then, I had experimented with other drugs, but marijuana was my true drug of choice. The truth, the whole truth and nothing but, will come out next month. At one point in my life, I used drugs uncontrollably. I was using everything I could get my hands on, from cocaine to heroin, weed, and cooked cocaine. Well done. As far as his 15-year marriage to Whitney is concerned, it was doomed from the very beginning. Within the first year we separated, with uh, several more to follow, I think we got married for all the wrong reasons. Now I realize that Whitney had a different agenda than I had when we got married. I believe her agenda was to clean up her image. She's done that very well. Well, mine was to be loved and have children. I saw this. Really? Yeah. I saw this picture of Whitney Houston the other day. She was at some event, and they were hailing it as, I think Drudge or somebody had it. And it was, or maybe TMZ, but it was one of those, you know, Whitney's out and looking like she may have cleaned up her act. And it was where she sort of looked okay, like if you didn't look too long or too hard. But you could tell that there was just like a veneer of respectability that they had kind of sprayed onto her for the evening. And you just know that it's, if she was left alone for even a second, she would just degenerate into just a pile of, just a pile of pumpkin residue. I mean, it's just bad. And I was thinking about this. Remember that story that came out, which is actually where we got the the vibrating sound for the, the Whitney watch? That story that she was going to the porn stores and buying, like, bags and bags of vibrators 
uh, and just like going through them in some kind of amazing clip. I mean, it's draining them of their life force, apparently. Um, and then the Inquirer had those photographs of her bathroom where it was just all like beer cans and like filth and like just crap and just pipes and just whatever. And somebody had to clean that. I was thinking about that. That somebody had to go uh. in and clean Whitney Houston's bathroom. Oh, like Merry Maids? And that's the thing is like, who do you get to do that? Like, that's an interesting. I think there ought to be some sort of tell-all book about that because you know that Whitney Houston's not the only person that does that. You know that occasionally, you know that every so often Ben Affleck has to place a call. Oh, look, my trailer's full of blood again. I uh, can we get somebody over here? You know, and somebody oh, has to go in. And they have to, so bad for that person. They, it, but but you never really, you you don't really think about this. There's some Mr. Wolf guy that has to go in and clean up rooms or situations like that. Here's another thing to think about. Do you remember that story that came out where uh, 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 the Inquirer was reporting that Britney Spears was a big meth head? And that when she got incarcerated the last time, she was on some meth jag? It's interesting to think that out there somewhere is Britney Spears' methamphetamine dealer. Who is that guy? Who's the guy that sells Britney meth? And how, I mean, if you're a meth dealer, it seems to me that's not like being a heroin dealer or a cocaine dealer to which there is a certain amount of, I don't want to say glamour, but I mean that's up, up on the drug ladder. It seems that's... Toward the top. If you're, it's below Tupperware. That's what, that's exactly what I'm saying. If you're selling a lot of heroin or coke, that is, I guess, consider, they are considered more upscale drugs in some way. Meth is a rock-bottom, yeah. nasty-ass drug. And so you wouldn't think that that guy is making enough money that he can just sort of be living the, you'll forgive the pun, life of Riley. So you got to figure that that guy would be, you know, he'd be selling his story to somebody. So the idea that there is Britney Spears' meth dealer just walking around somewhere is sort of interesting to me. Well, in any event, I'm sorry. So Brown notes, he's no saint in their relationship. He confesses, yes, I'm guilty of sleeping with other women. Women are always throwing themselves at me. I'm only yeah. human, so I would make the mistake and bite the hook sometimes. One of his most public indiscretions was an affair with former exotic dancer Kareen Superhead Steffens. Yes, I slept with her. I spent several nights in her house. What is her middle name? Superhead. <laughs> Maybe she's very cerebral. Okay. She's very smart. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And has a great uh, a great head on her shoulders. She does, according to uh, Bobby Brown. Okay. So, uh, yes. His book's coming out soon. That's the end of the Whitney Watch. You're on the Rick Emerson Show, for the love of God. Hello, Rick. How are hi. you? Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, hi, Paul. I've been a little punchy. I just got off of a plane after 12 hours. Uh, where, um, where, where were you, sir? Uh, I was at a funeral on the East Coast. All right. So uh, what uh, what brings you to the program today, my friend? Um, I happen to be listening to an earlier edition of the podcast, and I caught the uh, top five songs that you all are still unabashedly thrilled about. Yes. And yours happened to be Footloose, and uh, you said you were looking for a rock and roll cover of that. Just somebody got to do like a really just flat-out screaming cover of Footloose at this point. Um, I actually have uh, the entire album that was redone by a rock and roll band, if you would like a copy of it. What do you mean, like somebody did the entire Footloose soundtrack? The entire Footloose soundtrack. Well, okay. Why would they? I mean, not that it's not a great idea, but I mean, what prompted them to do that? Who's the band? Uh, The band is called Vote Quimby. And uh, they have 
they were together for a number of years. They finally went on hiatus, which on their MySpace page is Latin for we broke up and quit. Excellent. Uh, but uh, that was one of the last things that they did was uh, they remade the Footloose album. Fantastic. Yeah, you want to uh, toss that my way, I'd be eternally grateful, sir. I would be happy to do that for you, sir. Excellent. No problem. Thank you, my friend. All righty. All right, here you go. Here, thank you, sir. Here's Tim Riley. Chelsea Clinton is coming to Oregon April 12th. Let's see here. She'll uh, be attending the Oregon Democratic Convention in Eugene. Uh, she will be the third member of the family to campaign in Oregon against Barack Obama. Anyone wishing to attend has to sign up somewhere. Uh, Hillary will make stops in Portland and Eugene that same Saturday. And Bill Clinton was in the city uh, yesterday, or the day before that. Or the day before that. With the arrival of warm weather, the State Department of Transportation said studded tire season will end at midnight Saturday. Drivers with studded tires on their vehicles after April 5th will be fined as much as $145. Uh, ODOT studied uh, studded tires, and they cause at least $11 million in damage each year to city streets, county roads, and state highways. Don't get caught with them. 11-year-old boy fired a, an airsoft pistol at nearly 20 cars in the course of several weeks. They recently took several reports of cars being damaged by pellets and BB guns on Hall Boulevard. A Guadalupe Santana said his car was hit one week ago. He heard the noise, saw the window was broken, and then stopped and called police. So apparently they stopped this boy. Uh, police found a container of plastic BBs near a sign and spoke to some boys who live in the neighborhood. They knew the 11-year-old had bragged about shooting at cars. So they arrested him. There's always that one kid, and everybody knew this kid growing up, and that was his idea of a gag. Uh, and they would always, he would find like an overpass or some sort of like an embankment that overlooked a highway. And while everybody else was at home amusing themselves with, you know, whatever, uh, he would just sit there and he would do nothing but throw snowballs into the windshields of oncoming cars. Mm. And then there's always the moment when it goes wrong and then he's the victim of a savage but really well, well-deserved well beating mm -hmm. uh, from one of the uh, said drivers of said cars. All right. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey. Hey. I was listening to you guys on podcast, and I just uh, got to the point where you were talking about chicken lungs yesterday. Yes. Right. I think that was one of the best programs we've ever had. Do, do chicken have lungs, sir? Uh, I believe so. All right. Uh, I decided to share a recipe I came up with one time. Please tell me it's not for chicken lungs. No. Okay. Uh, more external organs. I don't think lungs are external organs, but that's okay. Go ahead. Is it a more external one? A more external organ. Are there external <laughs> organs? Well, I was uh, skinning this a big pile of uh, chicken thighs one time. You know, I have all this uh, cold, slimy skin left over. I'm like, what am I going to do Wait, with it? Wait, let's back up here. Hold on. You're, right. uh, how many chickens are we talking about? Um, well, a Costco pack. So you had a Costco pack of chickens, and you had lots of skin left over. Yes. Are you listening, Tim? Are you writing this down? Yes. Okay. Go ahead, sir. And... Um, well, you know how you just uh, use those big, long uh, pasta noodles for lasagna? Yes. Well, you know, chicken skin lasagna. Okay, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. You got the pile of grease on top afterwards. Oh. Mm. Do you have a bowl of dipping grease on the side, too? You can always pour that off for if you're in a healthier wow. mood. Excellent. Where do you live, sir? Uh, Redmond. <laughs> <laughs> do you work for a major software company? Heck no. Okay, just checking, because I know that they, they do hire only the best and the smartest there. All right. Thank you, my friend. Chicken chicken skin lasagna. Write that one down. All right. I'm doing it right now. All right. Thank you. I wish I could unhear that. Seriously. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Supermodel Naomi Campbell has just been arrested at Heathrow yeah. for spitting at a police officer. Fantastic. Did they beat her senseless? Apparently, they took her behind the scenes. A 37-year-old woman was arrested at the terminal on suspicion of assaulting a police officer. 
Uh, they refuse to disclose the woman's identity, but everybody knows it's Naomi Campbell because she just can't stay out of trouble. Because she, she, isn't she the one that throws phones at people? Yes. Bill yeah. was beating her assistant. She's the one that we mocked in that last listener party video. That's right. Where you're getting the, the, the whatever, she's buffing your nails and mm-hmm. you like whack her on the head with a cell phone. I guess it was a couple listener parties. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Good for them. Well she did have to attend a two-day anger management program. Yeah. Apparently that. It, was supposed it to obviously not. took. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, it's time to honor uh, Crazy Horse, because we always build statues of people we kill. U.S. Senator John Thune of South Dakota has introduced a resolution honoring the 60th anniversary of the sculpting of the Crazy Horse Memorial near Hill City, South Dakota. He remembers uh, Crazy Horse as a very good Indian leader. Crazy Horse is remembered by his people as a visionary leader who was committed to preserving the traditional Lakota way of life. So, of course, he had to be killed. Yes. I don't even really know who Crazy Horse is. I always confuse him with Geronimo. Oh, he was a different Indian. There, there was more than one. I really? I do understand that. I think I was there for that chapter in history. But, well, wait. So there's here's the three Indians I know. Uh, Pocahontas. I know, uh, no, no, no. Pocahontas. Uh, wait. Sacagawea. Sacagawea. That's we know Sacagawea. Uh, Tonto. Tonto. Was he a real Indian? I think it was Italian. No, that was. That no, you're guy. thinking of what's his name. Yeah, you're thinking. <laughs> you're thinking of Iron Eyes Cody. Yeah, and they never disclosed that till the day after he died. <laughs> the, the public was duped. James Con, not Italian. All right, fine. Um, uh, so wait, so was Tonto played who's by Tonto? an actual Indian? Who's Tonto? Really? Yeah. Tim, who's Tonto? He was the uh, Lone Ranger's best friend. He was the sidekick of the Lone Ranger. Oh. Uh, he. Uh, oh, I see. He assisted the white man with many things. Uh, now, he was played by Jay Silverheels, but do you suppose that's an authentic, like, is that a real name, do you suppose, or is that like a stage name? So is that sounds like it, a, I don't know. It, it sounds like some, some Jewish name that might have been changed. But see, yeah, do you wonder if maybe that's like a reversing? Because normally it's the yeah. ethnic name that they changed to sound waspy. Mm-hmm. I wonder if his real name is that Jay Silverheels is like, you know, like Jay, Jay Johnson or something. Uh, Johnson's not going to work. It's not nearly ethnic enough. No, right? he was a Canadian Indian. All right. He so, was born at the Six Nations Indian Reservation in Canada. So he, so that counts. So how many Indians can we come up with at the top of our head? Celebrity, he was a Canadian Mohawk. Celebrity Indians. But his uh, his real name was actually Harold J. Smith. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's a fine Indian name. I suppose. Harold Celebrity. J. Smith? He, he excelled at lacrosse as an Indian. You're making this up. No, I'm not. Well, Indians are known for their lacrosse skills. And then uh, moved to Buffalo, New York. All right. Uh, so I've got, okay, who who are the uh, the famous Indians, though, that we can come up with? There is uh, Jay, there's Tonto, slash, slash Harold Smith. Um, <laughs> there's Geronimo. What did he do? Don't say jumped out of planes. No, he he was, uh, he was like the patent of Indians. Is he the, uh, the little bighorn guy? I think so. Is he the guy that killed Custer? He might have been. Okay. Uh, let's assume he is. Geronimo killed Custer, I think, at the Alamo? No, that was no, Daniel no, Boone. No. <laughs> Who was at the Alamo? Um, John Wayne. He's not an Indian. Oh. Uh, to the best of my knowledge. No, we the, the should, Mexicans we were down we at the Alamo. We should end this conversation now. Famous American Indian. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. List. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. I haven't had a chance to listen today yet, but did anybody call in to tell you that your Obama song was on national radio. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Tom Hartman uh, right. aired it on uh, on his remaining stations this morning. Yes, he did. 
at 9.50 this morning, so it was the national show. Yes, it was. No, it's very exciting. And so we want to thank everybody who helped make that. It took less than a week, actually. I thought it might take longer than that. I really thought I was going to get... I had no idea it was going to happen today. I, I really honestly thought that we were going to get about halfway through the day's show and have to extend it or maybe up the ante, because we were offering uh, the Star Wars trilogy, episodes 4, 5, and 6, on DVD to the first person that could get it played by some uh, you know, d DJ who would take it, who thought it was a real song. And uh, but it, it but it, no sooner had I started putting that plan together in my head this morning than I got a bunch of you. But they're just playing it on Air America right now. So uh, so we are very grateful to everybody who made that happen. Right, best show ever. Thank you, my friend. All right, Dr. Sanjay Gupta is a famous Indian, also. Now and there's Michael Horse from uh, Twin Peaks. Now, but when you say Indian about Sanjay Gupta, that's you you don't, you don't mean Indian, you mean Indian. That's the same pronunciation. It's a, it's a homophone or homonym or whatever that is. This, seems, this conversation seems like it's going badly. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, I can tell you about Indians. That's certain to go better now. Yes. Yes, no, um, sit, Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse were both Sue. Uh, Crazy Horse was the actual war party leader at uh, Little Bighorn. He's the one that was responsible for killing Custer. Okay, so wait, let's back up. So Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse were both Sue. Yes. Uh, I'm skip the joke about how he was Sue Crazy. Yes. Okay. Uh, but no, Sitting Bull was kind of the head of the Sioux tribe, okay. and then, uh, but he didn't actually lead the war party. That was Crazy Horse. Okay. Geronimo was an Apache, and he was responsible for um, just lots of good old-fashioned killing of the white man. Excellent. He, he was the kind of the Apache war, leaf, war chief leader, and he kind of resisted for a really long time. All right. Was there anybody else that we have questions about, Tim? Other famous Indians? It says here, Sitting Bull just wanted the white man to leave his people alone. Well, pretty really, much. Who and doesn't? The, the I want the white man to leave my people alone. Yeah, well, so, so he was a, so uh, he was the so he was he was a man of action. Yeah, he was a man of action. And killed. Very good at it. Excellent. All right, good for him. Thank you, my friend. All right, bye. All right. You know, if I could just get the white man to leave us alone, then everything would be fine. Uh, all right. Uh, and yeah. this is all about North and South Dakota, so it wasn't a valuable piece of property. <laughs> I mean, there's, nobody, there's, no, there's still nobody living there. My people must fight to keep Fargo. Uh, well, all right. I'm serious. What <laughs> value was all this in the long run? I don't really know the answer to that. I mean, really, I have no... If the Indians want to live in North or South Dakota, let them. Well, I mean, it, it, and it does seem... Uh, it, it, I mean, like a lot of those places are just... We're not doing anything with them. I mean, really, what are we doing with Wyoming? Well, they're big pieces of open land. That's what I'm saying. I mean... Uh, I, I mean, Utah's that way. Just huge second. Nobody's doing anything. It's it's like uh, you know, it's like a spare bedroom that's never used. Yeah. Just there. It's like a four car garage when you ride a Vespa. There's just nothing being done with most with most of that part of the country. Well, what are we gonna do with Southern Utah? I don't know. We'll we'll probably use it for something. Don't. Well, we could give it give it back to the Indians. We we did promise that. No, no, no. Keep it. We'll no. We'll put something there. I. Uh, not sure yet. They keep it there. You know, it's like stuff in the the junk drawer underneath your microwave that you don't want to throw away because you know that as soon as you throw away, you'll need it. That's what U Utah and Wyoming are. Um. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Should we talk about gators again? Oh, it's the same story as yesterday. I did have a different gator story here for a minute. Okay. I thought you said something else for a second. No. What did you think I said? A man rescued his wife from the jaws of a crocodile in rem remote northern Australia by jumping on its back. The alligator, not the woman. The woman suffered leg and head injuries at the attack at the Elkback Creek, where the couple were swimming. 
the reptile released the woman and took off with the man, jumped on his back. The man was not injured. It was a real crocodile Dundee stunt, said one person. The attack happened uh, southwest of Darwin, Australia's <laughs> northernmost city. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. If there's one city in the world in which you don't want to be jumping on the back of, of an alligator, I would say that that's Darwin. Uh-huh. There are eight uh, alligator teeth punctures to her thigh. Oh. Uh, the husband was very swift and diligent, and he saved the day. This was a fourth close call involving a crocodile this year in the uh, Darwin area. Maybe you should just leave them alone. Maybe they're angry about their feet being used as back scratchers. Huh? What do you think about that? Well, last week, police opened fire on a crocodile as it closed in on a drunken 27-year-old man who accepted to dare her to swim with a crocodile. <laughs> Why are the cops always screwing with our fun? It was a tourist. <laughs> Getting in the way of our stories. Uh, last January, a man rescued his colleague from a crocodile's jaws, but accidentally shot the unlucky co-worker in the process. Well, okay. A uh, Playboy model who mouthed off to a police officer in uh, Tampa has been sentenced to pick up trash. Rebecca Reyes was pulled over uh, for having broken taillights. Officers said she ignored the officer's orders to stay in her truck and cursed at them. And uh, Reyes told, uh, oh, apparently, she said police threw her to the ground and a bruise is visible in her mug shop. But her attorney said... Uh, police are responsible for the situation escalating. She's been sentenced to 12 months probation, a $500 fine, 48 hours of community service to pick up trash. Uh, she posed for Playboy under the name of Ruby Sky. Her website says she's a poster Playboy stuff and numerous other magazines. She posed for Playboy and stuff. And stuff. All right. Uh, Rich, you can, I'm, I'm, you can go through and screen these calls and see uh, what folks are... Uh, I think we've established the Alamo timeline and so forth. Uh, so let's... Uh, Really? Do people want to know about the Alamo that bad? You have no idea what Richie's asking me right now. So, Richie is... All right, hold on. We have to, uh, if you can... Oh, Richie. It's called Sex Panther. Oh, Richie. By Odeon. Please hurry back soon. It's quite pungent. Now, uh, you know, I haven't eaten anything today. I, I was little... just thinking that either. I have some carrots. Would you like some carrots? I feel a little lightheaded. I don't think I've had anything to eat since yeah, last I'll... night at around 7 p.m. How are you able to function? I don't really know. Well, I, I don't know that I'm going to put that up for debate, Jim. <laughs> I, let's, let's not put it up to a vote, huh? Um, mounds of blow, clearly. And other than that, Jim, it's raw talent. Mounds and mounds. Pure I have, ability. Hmm. I have four little packages here. Would you like some carrots? Uh, I know, think you're going to deny my carrots, aren't well, you? I, well, I have this, Why are you denying my I carrots? I have this lean cuisine thing over here that I've just never bothered to microwave. I had it this morning, but I was running behind. Isn't that supposed to be kept refrigerated? Well, that's just a... That'll make you lean. <laughs> that's just a suggestion. That's suggestion, Tim. That's for It'll keep people. you lean on the, in the long run, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> By eating it. <laughs> As I'm laying in my bed... <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Hi, Richie. What is wrong with us today? I don't know the, the answer to that. I just ate. <laughs> Hi, Richie Bristol. Hello. Um, would you please now to explain, you just asked me if we wanted t- tickets to something to give away. Oh, by the way, don't let me forget. Um, it, we have uh, we have tickets to uh, Rumble at the Roseland 34, uh, which is coming up uh, this Saturday at the uh, Roseland Theater. Uh, premature amateur champions in the Northwest. Uh, it's like a full contact... Mixed martial arts kind of a thing, um, including some chicks. There's going to be some chicks punching it out, so that'll be fun. Uh, so uh, this is like a, it's like a like a like a mixed martial arts full contact thing happening. Rumble at the Roseland, including a women's fight. Jessica Cruz and Kim Couture. I don't she, I don't think she's related to Randy the Natural. Couture. They'll be so, throwing salt in each other's eyes. She could be so. full contact females. Yes. 
God, you're creepy sometimes. <laughs> That's the saddest thing you've ever said. <laughs> the wrestling. Uh-huh. They have to wrestle in Move, that thing, don't moving they? Moving forward. In a cage? I mean, come on. I don't think they're in a cage. Um, no, yeah, it's Rumble in the Rosalind. It's a cage fight. Does it? Are, Did you do it back to the Swingers Club lately? <laughs> well, it's, well, that kind of Sarah, segues into what we're going into. It's funny you should mention that. So, because uh, oh, I saw the cage, I remember you guys sitting in that swing thing, and that was. Have you gone back to the Swingers Club since that last time? Not yet. Not yet. Do you have plans? Plan? You have solidified well, I'm plans. I'm if I could get into the slumber party they got coming up. Please to describe what you just typed on the screen to me. Uh, they want to know if, uh, I talked to Angel, she wants to know if uh, we want tickets to a slum all-girls slumber party, April 20th. Now, when you say we, and it's an all-girls slumber party. <laughs> well, first, is there any girls around that are interested in going to this party? That's what she was wondering. For the you station. can go and pretend to be me, Richie. I was going to dress up <laughs> Put on and a dress. Pass. Now... So there's an all-girls slumber party happening at the Swingers Club uh, to which you have been an occasional visitor, and of which we took a tour. How many times have you been there? Twice. It's just the twice, I think. Three you... times. Three times. Wait. The... <laughs> when did you? When was the third time? The first time was when we went. No, no, no. I mean, as a participant. No, that, that the one, twice. That one weekend. Right. And... So there is an all-girls slumber party. Now, please, uh, now to for... please forgive the question, but is this a? Uh... Is it truly all girls, only girls? That's what I've read so far. I mean, it's pretty in-depth. Wait, so were you invited, or have you just read about them? No, invited to give away tickets. And oh, I'm I trying see. to figure oh, a way maybe. in. <laughs> I see. You're hoping to be invited somehow. To, to well, be, maybe sing be... around the campfire, that type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, this is like when I made Rick have the comedians on because I thought that guy was cute. Yeah. Um, you want us to give away tickets so that you can go to the show? Something like that. Yeah, I don't think that's. <laughs> I think CBS Legal probably would disapprove of us giving away tickets to some uh, sex night at a uh, at a swingers club. Damn it. So, but you know, thanks anyway. So, uh, would you? Is Angel one of the? Is she the woman? Her husband owns it or something? Well, it's Angel's. It's Angel, but it's the husband named for yeah, her. That's yeah. His wife. Oh, yeah, that's the so, one. So, uh, well, would you? Uh, would you thank her? Tell her we appreciate the thought and the interest. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I'm sorry to, to quash all your plans, but I but you wouldn't be invited anyway. Like this is, I, I mean, think, all girls, Richie. You're not going to be invited. How are they going to tell if you can dress up just right? You have a penis. Well, but what do you think? Well, that Richie I, has a good point though, because it's not like girls flash their genitals around at slumber parties. Yeah. Plus, have you seen Silence of the Lambs? I love you. <laughs> oh. Wow. I gotta tuck my We're socks in. <laughs> Your socks. Yeah. Is that what the kids are calling it now? Richie, please to be coming in tomorrow dressed like a woman. When you have me. And if, no, and if you look enough like one, I shall give you my identity and you go to the slumber party. I have me. Well, now they're onto it. Um, <laughs> They'll be looking for a penis. Okay, but can I? I don't want to see Richie dressed like everybody. Not that they wouldn't have a slumber party. <laughs> they check you at the door. I don't. Okay, we have to move. We have to move on in a second. But I don't understand. I wasn't going to dwell on this, but now... How can you not dwell? Okay. I I don't know whether to ask this question or not. Uh-oh. No, no, no. I'm just saying... Uh, when in doubt, do it. Here's a text message. Are, is, is there... I mean, I guess there must be because it's obviously a mixed gender club most of the time. I was going to say, is there enough uh, demand to really support an all-girl slumber party at a sex club? I'm not, I'm not, and look, I'm not, look, it's 2008, and women are empowered, and sisters do it for themselves, and whatever, but my understanding of sort of maybe the female psyche as compared to the male psyche in some ways, I just didn't, I don't know that there would be, like, enough demand to really have a whole all-girls slumber party at a sex club. Because the girls there, going there, going there, you know, to pump. Yeah, but I mean... 
Well, uh, I guess. I, I mean, love Oregon. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that seems like that a thing. It doesn't make any sense. It seems like that's a thing that that maybe guys would think would be a huge success, and then it's going to be like three women and like uh, the guy pushing a broom. You know uh, what I mean? Three women is a success. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. What? Ten women no, show up? It's no. still a good party to me. <laughs> All right. Touche. I don't really have a response to that. Well done, Richie. Thank you. Okay. okay can we please to be having Richie come into work just like a woman? Well, but in exchange for what? Ticket. I don't know. They're not going to let you into the party anyway. Damn it. Have you? Look, can I ask you one Why question? Let's do it for our own amusement. We have to return to the news here in a second, but can I ask you one question? Uh, and I want you to answer honestly. Uh-oh. Have you, have you uh, either thought about or pursued uh, getting a part-time job at the Swingers Club? Oh, I never thought of that. I'm surprised that you haven't. I didn't think about that. That would totally be your entree to uh, to something like this, I would think. That sounds fun. I'm surprised that you have not uh, sort of, uh, because those guys that gave us the tour, we, we're not going to use their names, but the guys that gave us the tour there, uh, and the woman who was there, uh, they are uh, customers, uh, but also they are managers. They, they help to manage the joint. Oh, so I could just walk around and watch, I guess. Make sure everything. I don't know that you'd want to put that on your application <laughs> under why do you want this job. Uh, but uh, I'm just saying it surprises me that you That's haven't. They get involved. Yes, sometimes. Yeah, that, and see, and I didn't think that was the case. I thought, I thought if if they were on the clock, uh, that they uh, they clock out real quick. <laughs> no, remember they I'm have their. Take a break. I'm sorry, I have to go clock out. I have to you know a what lunch I mean? Break. Remember they have their walkie-talkie things. They're like we're he's gonna, gonna go he's, play in the other room. It's gonna go. Uh, it's gonna rock out when he clocks out. They have a pegboard in and out. <laughs> And then in. And then in and out. <laughs> Z. All right. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, pay me condoms. I work for condoms. No, one one line too many. Thank you. Okay. All right. I'm sorry, Tim. I, I hate for you to have to be exposed to Richie's... Uh, Richie's... No, uh, I understand. <laughs> here's, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. It's like working at a rock station back in the old days. It really is. Uh, it is kind of a window. Hanging out with him or, you know, being around when, like, Timmy Ryan is here or something, it is... It is like a window into my own past in some ways. Not that I was... little pimp squads together talking. It's hilarious. Yeah, not that I was necessarily like that, just as I strongly suspect. Tim wasn't really like one of the pimp squad members. No, but it is not. It is like a window back into some of the earlier days of radio. If you worked in radio, I mean, speaking for me anyway, in the 80s and 90s, it is... Uh, there used to be whole stations of guys like that, mm-hmm. and where every single DJ on the station was basically a pimp squad member. So, all right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, a red-tailed hawk lost its choice seat behind home plate at Fenway Park. And then the raptor scratched a little girl's eyes, drawing blood from her scalp. The girl was in the upper deck behind home plate some 40 feet from the hawk's nest, where a single egg lay in the overhang near the press booth. The hawk had been perched on a railing and swooped out at the little girl with its talons extended. A raptor attacked a little girl? What kind of game is this? Baseball. Oh, okay. Uh, the girl is fine, says the Red Sox uh, spokeswoman. Uh, the nest and the egg were removed by the Boston Animal Rescue League and at the direction of the Massachusetts Fish and Wildlife Department. This is the second incident with this hawk in the last two days. It's been common for the hawks to take up residence in the stadium rafters in the off-season, dining on delicious rats and mice when the park is quiet. Or children's eyeballs when the opportunity presents itself, apparently. That's that. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld had a brush with death. Did his brakes fail or were they deliberately cut? Jerry Seinfeld cheated death in the Hamptons this past weekend when the brakes on his vintage Fiat failed and the car flipped over. The incident occurred at 7.40 p.m. On a road in East Hampton, the brakes were bad. He had to pull the emergency brake, and it still failed to halt the two-door vehicle as it headed into traffic on the highway. 
Uh, Seinfeld then cut the wheel to the right, and the car rolled over, stopping yards from an intersection just short of other vehicles. This is a 1967 Fiat BTM. Oh, those are bad cars. It rolled out of the passenger side, then the roof, and finally came to rest on the driver's side. His actions possibly avoided a serious accident. Jerry Seinfeld saved lives. Jesus. Uh, police rushed to the scene, but the cop did not require medical attention. He brushed off the whole thing. Uh, because I know there are kids out there, I want to make sure they all know that driving without braking is something I do not recommend. <laughs> unless you're a professional clown or have a comedy background, as I do. It's not something I make a habit of. I remember uh, when, I was, uh, when I was first coming up in radio and I drove this uh, Ford Escort. Um, which sort of seems to be the car that everybody has to drive when they're first starting in radio. I have one when I started here. <laughs> How long did it last you before it just fell apart? No, I uh, it was it was hit by an old Buick on Hawthorne and it was totaled. Oh, I know who won that contest. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, I mean I shouldn't I mean the, the Ford Escort was you know it, it ran it worked uh, as they say it got me from point A to point B yep. but just. Over the course of time, everything that could go wrong with the car eventually did, and I just had no money to get it fixed. And I remember at one point... It's not as bad as a Hyundai, though. Well, wasn't that the car you were... Was that the Hyundai? With the Hyundai thing you were in when you broke down and the Mormons had to help you in Utah? No, no, that was a Renault Le Car. <laughs> Le Car! I don't think It I barely ever... qualified to be a vehicle. I don't, th- I don't think that I ever knew that it, it was, was a Le Car. It was a sneaker with wheels. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. Because uh, I know the story of how your your car broke down and then some helpful Mormons came out. I passed out driving in the desert. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but this is one of the best stories you've ever told. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I passed out in the desert driving where no car. And it was in Utah, and I scraped the side of, side of an exit sign. Whoa. <laughs> did you pass out from heat? Yes, I did. <laughs> well, the Renault, the Renault the car has no air conditioning, and it's a rag top. So it was it was cold when I had it on the With East the Coast. The sun just beating down yeah. on you as you're in the Utah desert. It, I mean, it's, it's like a, sitting in a heated sardine can. And I had never driven through the desert. I'm thinking, oh, I'm just feeling a little tired. I'll pull over and rest in a few minutes. Let me, All of a sudden, I was no longer conscious. Let me continue to expose my head to the sun in the desert. What, so what, I have what, all my worldly belongings in the back seat, like three T-shirts and a, and a pair of jeans, thinking I'm going to have this outstanding career with this wardrobe. What, what time of year was this? Oh, this was... Uh, Please see. tell me it was in July. It was in July. <laughs> because... I made it to Vegas on the 4th of July. I oh. spent 4th of July there, and I tore the muffler up that car <laughs> trying to pull out of a parking lot. I stayed at the Aladdin. A Renault car. But you know something? Oh. I crossed the country. This was like 20 years ago. $45 for gas. Ah, oh, that's amazing. From New England to California. The Lacar. The Renault Lacar. How many years did they make the Lacar? I'm going to Dennis, ask Dennis that later. I don't know, but it would not make it up the Hollywood Freeway, uh, so I would have to take a shortcut through the valley. You would have to go up a more gradual yeah. incline. Yeah. I'd have to take a shortcut through Burbank to get to Van Nuys. I remember that. Jesus. So that was so my Ford Escort was not quite that bad, and, for, and I was also wasn't crossing the desert in July. Yeah, that was a bad move on my part. <laughs> I love the idea. That, no, no, no. I'll just open. I'll just take the top down so the sun can hit my face and my head directly. What could go wrong? <laughs> I'll be I'll be cool here in a moment. Um, and the idea that if some Mormons hadn't been coming by in a wagon train or whatever, that you just would have been a desiccated corpse by now. Yeah. And your eyes are opening up like a slot machine, click, 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 after hitting a sign. Well, I'm awake now. Um, so did they just duct tape the car back together? No, bungee corded it. <laughs> of course. Mormons love bungee cords. I mean, there are only like three or four pieces to a Nola car. 
It has a, a lawnmower mm. engine in it. The only the only thing I remember about the Renault Lacar is that that's what um, Melinda Coulier's character uh, drove on the A team. That really is like the absolute extent of my Lacar knowledge. Oh, anyway, so no, I had this Ford Escort. I mean, similar story in that it was a black car, no air conditioning. Spokane isn't, you know, as bad as the middle of the Utah desert, obviously, but it's, you know, in the, the, the summer it could be like 105, 106, no air conditioning, in an apartment with no air conditioning, it would get so hot that I would just, I would lay there in the apartment, I mean, you know, it, the window doesn't open, the windows are sealed shut, the door doesn't open, there's no vent, there's no, so I would lay there on my bed, I would go to the uh, the shower, which is filled with mold, get my, like, wet down a huge, like, beach towel that I had bought for 99 cents, Lay on the bed, uh, more or less naked, laying the wet towel over me, pointing a fan at my body, and then not moving for hours on end. Just laying there like Jesus, covered in a shroud, trying not to die from the heat. And then I would have to leave and go to work, and I would walk out of my car. There was no shade, nowhere shady to park it. So you would get in, and you would have your choice of either wearing um, pants when it was like 105 out or sitting down with shorts on in a car with vinyl seats, which would then give third-degree burns to the backs of your legs, touching the steering wheel, which was actually so hot that I at one point was having to, like, steer with my elbows because the shirt came down long enough that it covered my elbows. And you couldn't actually touch the steering wheel with the palms of your hands to steer because it was too hot. Um, but at one point while driving that Ford Escort, the brakes went bad. Uh, the, just the regular foot brakes went bad. And I, I don't even think I had the money to take it to a shop. Like, I, didn't, I don't even think I went to a shop to get an estimate. There was a guy I worked with uh, who was kind of a car guy. And I said, uh, hey, so... Uh, so the car's not really braking when I when I hit the brakes. What's wrong? He did something or other. He examined something. He goes, well, these, the upshot, what he goes, well, your brakes are just shot. And it wasn't like a, I needed to get new pads or new fluid. He said, your brakes are just no good, Rick. They're, this car's a death trap. But, of course, what am I going to do, buy a new car? No. No money to get the brakes fixed. I'm working overnight half the time, so I can't, you can't take the bus. That's not an option. So... All I remember is that for the remainder of my time with that car, which is probably another four or five months, I drove as little as possible, and everywhere I drove, I just used the emergency brake. The, emer the emergency brake, which on a 1984 Escort, is between the two seats. It's not the kind you push with your foot, thank God, but it's between the two seats, and it has the little button you depress with your thumb that lets you bring it up and down. So I would have... And, and, of course, it was a stick shift, which made life even more difficult. Um, but so if I had to stop all of a sudden, I would, like, pop it out of gear, try to let the clutch out halfway, and then I would be pulling up the emergency brake. I mean, it's just a miracle I didn't die. I mean, it's just astounding on a 100 levels that I wasn't killed. So, God, that, we were just talking yesterday about reasons I don't miss, like, the good old days of my radio career. Because there were no good old days. There are only bad old days. Well, at least today, it's 70 degrees in St. George, Utah. <laughs> only only five drivers found killed this holiday season. Jesus. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Where were we? I have no idea. I really don't. It's 120 on KCMD Portland. That's all I know. Well, this won't be the last year that an Asian-American wins American Idol on last night's elimination episode. The uh, final two excluded Ramil Mulabi. And Christy Lee Cook. Uh, Christy Lee Cook, by the way, is from Oregon. Uh, Ryan Seacrest made the announcement that sealed the fate of one of the girls. Ramiel and Christy, after the nationwide vote, Christy 
you are safe for another week. So Christy's from Oregon tonight on American Idol. Mm -hmm. So Christy's from Oregon, and she's a white gal. Well... And uh, the girl who was eliminated is not. The best part is I get to follow up with she's from Oregon and she's white. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Dolly Parton talks about the good side of Simon Cole when uh, Ryan Seacrest asks if the British judge's criticism of her songs hurt her feelings. Now <laughs> tell the truth. Somebody's got to do it, though. So there's no hard feelings here. With me? No, he's, he's got his free pass to Dollywood. Okay. OnStar's turn-by-turn -turn navigation system is getting an update. OnStar announced at the Dallas Auto Show. A new technology will allow customers to obtain visual maps of any destination. Asked to an OnStar representative, uh, this fellow explains this uh, new enhancement. And what we're announcing here in Dallas is, first of all, a unique enhancement to be able to download a destination into a factory-installed 09 model year General Motors vehicle with screen-based navigation. <laughs> All right. All I care about is that the OnStar continues to work just poorly enough that we get some of those great national radio commercials where the person has somehow gone through the windshield and only their lower lip works and <laughs> jabbering, jabbering away while pressing at the button like some sort of a, uh, like some sort of a lab rat. Mm -hmm. Hello, OnStar. You know, and then it's just, <laughs> and then it's just one of the operator running through the list of has your tongue been severed? You know, and just trying to figure out like how hot are the flames? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, anyway, there you go. <laughs> it's wrong to laugh at the misfortune of others, Tim. That's what we're here for. Hey, uh, Line 3 says he can arrange an interview with Bruce Campbell for us. <gasps> of <laughs> That's course. Great. Of course. That's exactly what would Thanks. happen, of course. Thanks so much. Or can I tell you why I love our listeners? Because yeah. I'm going through the Rick Emerson show, um, Miss Space thing, and like you can see the tagged photos, and so I was just like going through them, and one of them just has a picture of a guy looking like he's going to throw up in a toilet, and the toilet is highlighted, and it says Rick Emerson show. Excellent. Thank you, sir. On the inside. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, hello. Hi. Maybe You're on the uh, Rick Emerson show. Are you calling to tell us how you can arrange an interview with Bruce Campbell? Uh, no. Okay, uh. great. What, what do you got? Well, you know, I was talking about Tonto earlier, but that just seems like so long ago. Were you did. calling to say that Tonto is Spanish for dumbass? <laughs> no, but that's funny. Okay. And uh, Tim Riley's comment about how hot are the flames was hysterical yeah. as well. Uh, Leonard Gross did a stand-up thing with uh, Tonto and the Lone Ranger when the Lone Ranger acquired Tonto. That was really funny, and uh, it really wasn't even that blue. You might be able to YouTube it and uh, bleep some of the worst parts out. So I should I should seek that out. You should, and uh, but don't just play it. You know, it is Lenny Bruce. It's it a little, a, it's, it's a little blue, but not salty bad. language in that. Yes, exactly. Oh. So check it out if it's good enough. Play it on the air. I'd All like right. to. It was funny. Thank you, sir. Bye. Right, there you go. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Hillary Clinton has just issued a statement that she, too, will uh, have a job for Al Gore. It's always been about the future and the challenges that America must overcome in order for us to you know, have a, a, a prosperous and peaceful future. And uh, I think that uh, he can make a contribution in uh, so many ways. So there. I'm trying to think of an Al Gore observation. Wait. We'll wait. Nope. No, I got nothing. Hey. Speaking of that guy, though, the guy who just called about Lenny Bruce, somebody sent me the greatest thing the other day. This is from, uh, let's see, Matt, who listens to us in Seattle. He says, Rick, I came across this one day while I was browsing through a pile of free books. Not only was, <laughs> not only was it one of the newer and more presentable looking ones, but it seemed interesting. Um, 
Let's see. I will tell you this book is a time capsule, but not the good kind. This is an encapsulation of the first comic relief. And if you remember comic relief, there was a horrible series of fundraising things that HBO did where it was like Whoopi Goldberg, Billy Crystal, and Robin Williams. The most unfunny people in the world. Yeah, like the three worst comics they could possibly find. They would get together and then they would tell a lot of uh, wacky, irreverent jokes uh, to, to help the homeless. And so apparently, at some point, they were so convinced that America loved this that they put together a book with an, with an introduction by Bob Zamuda, president of Comic Relief. Um, it says, great comical topics like the current fashion of women's shoulder pads and new gadgets like cellular telephones. Such edgy huger, uh, humor like condom jokes and takes on Lorena Bobbitt. In between sketches, there's a lot of heavy-handed tales and concerns over the plight of the homeless. And then he says, I wonder who paid full price for this book. So, Tim, over a decade ago, how much do you suppose this book cost new? This hardbound copy of uh, comic relief, quote, humor. Like a fifteen ninety nine. $22.95. And that is over a decade ago. And what did he get it for? Free. He found it in a pile, said, take if want. So buy two Bridgestone tires. Get the comic relief book free. And I'm I'm looking uh, uh, through this, and here's okay. Who wants to hear some? Uh, who wants to hear some comedy? I, oh, do. I do. Now I will give you your choice of from whom you wish to hear comedic stylings. Oh, I can already say Whoopi Goldberg. Really? No. We have. Uh, let's see here. She's the funniest woman in the world. <laughs> we have here um, Gary Shandling, Elaine Boozler. And then the, the other thing, Billy Crystal never does any comedy as himself. It's always as a character. So, of course, who is the first character, uh, Tim, that Billy Crystal does? I don't know. Fernando. Oh. Uh, Louis Anderson. Paula Pounce. It's just like a, it's like a who's who of people you don't ever want to hear. Stephen Wright. Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, Billy Crystal again is somebody else. Rita Rudner. Dennis Miller. Uh, yeah. Carolyn oh. Rhea. 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 Uh, Bobcat, Goldthwait, Judy Gold, Richard Lewis, Sinbad, Robin Williams. Of course, they save Robin Williams for the for the end because he's the funniest. Whatever happened to Sinbad? He's the. Whatever happened to Sinbad? Didn't we have some news story the other day where Sinbad was in the news talking about Hillary Clinton or something? All right, where's uh, Judy Tahuda? Judy Tahuda. Do you know who she's married to? No. Emo Phillips. Oh, that's a good. That's Judy Tahuda and Emo match. Phillips are married. They can both laugh at each other's jokes. All right. Here's, a, here's and I will read this directly off the page. Uh, this is Robin Williams' section from Comic Relief. I think this is from the first Comic Relief. You can tell he's going to be funny, by the way, because he's making a funny face and he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, no. Uh, let's see here. This is. I will read this now directly off the page. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Robin Williams. Just a thought. Who's going to cut the turkey this year at OJ's house? At OJ's house. Is there more? Okay. You know, sex is scary now, what with uh, the AIDS and all. I'm adding that part. Sex is scary now. You know, it's like you and you. That's right. You come home and put on some music that you like, something appropriate, like, I only have eyes for me. I only have, you're not paying the proper, appropriate respect. This is, this is Robin Williams. Oh, this is still Robin Williams. I only have eyes for me. You don't have to fake an orgasm anymore. Why? Because if it's bad, who are you going to tell? You? <laughs> oh, my God. 
You can't break up. You can't say, all right, I'm leaving. You're attached for life. You have to stay. But, you know, I do think in the year 2000, I, 2295 this book cost. In the year 2000, I do think sex will be a lot different. Honey, I'm in the airlock now. Okay, Bob, leave the sperm in the dish. I'll get it tomorrow. Mm. Laughter. Are these old old Bob Hope jokes? There you go. At least go. That it says laughter in parentheses. No, it doesn't. Oh. No, I'm just telling you that that's that where the laughter would that's where the laughter would presumably be. Ladies and gentlemen, Robin Williams. All right, here's Tim Riley. So that's for the homeless, anyway. That's <laughs> that's for that, there you go. That's it's with that kind of razor wit, Tim, that they were raising money to stamp out homelessness. So then I have here the nineteen forty three guide to hiring women. Fantastic. Oh, I saw this is 65 years old. Told me about this, but I didn't get a chance to read it. So these are tips on getting more efficiency out of women for the management type. Oh. So this okay. is a period piece, Miss Sarah. So, so to speak. Right. This is when women went into the workforce because the guys went off to war. Mm. They took men's jobs. Damn them. And then when the men came back, they were told they were too weak to have these men's jobs, get back to the home and have babies. Well, that is. And true. put the pearls back on. So, uh, let's see, 11 helpful tips on the uh, subject of uh, getting more efficiency out of women. Pick young women. They usually have more of a sense of responsibility than their unmarried sisters. They're less, <laughs> they're less likely to be flirtatious. They need the work, or they wouldn't be doing it. They still have the pep and interest to work hard the and pep. deal w with things efficiently. Uh, give every girl an adequate number of rest periods during the day. You have to make some allowances for feminine psychology. <laughs> a girl has more confidence and is more efficient if they can keep their, their hair tidied. Apply fresh <laughs> lipstick and wash their hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> Where's my lipstick? <laughs> Tidy yourself now, woman. Be, be uh, tactful when issuing instructions and making harsh criticism. Women are more sensitive than men. They can't shrug off harsh words the way men do. Well, Never true. ridicule a woman. It breaks their spirit. It cuts their efficiency. <laughs> I'd like tips that do nothing but break a woman's spirit, Tim. Be reasonably considerate about using strong language around women. Even though a woman's husband or father may swear, they go to dislike a place of business where she hears too much of it. No, that is true. Uh, get enough size variety in women's uniforms so every girl has the proper fit. This point can't be stressed too much because... It's uh, necessary to keep women happy. Of course it is, Tim, because you know how they get if they're not kept happy. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, good experience indicates that husky girls, <laughs> those a little on the heavy side, are more even-tempered and efficient than their underweight sisters. Husky. <laughs> underweight, underweight sisters. That's fantastic. I want, let's hire nothing but husky girls from now on. And not their underweight sisters. <laughs> not their underweight. Uh, or their unwed older sisters. Seriously. These are tips on how to use women to their best advantage. <laughs> They're shriveled, prune-like older sisters who are barren and, and dry. Um, the, uh, the I have the greatest thing uh, framed at home. It's an old uh, Pepsi ad from, I would guess, the mid-40s. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, promoting something. I, I think it is, in fact... I have to bring it in, but it's from Life Magazine, and I do believe it is, in fact, touting Pepsi as a meal replacement. So, like, instead of eating, just have soda. And the tag, and it shows a woman in front of a mirror, skirt, and then not a very revealing bra, but a bra. And so she sort of, she, I think she's just taken a shirt off, like a blouse, or she's just putting it on. But in any event, the woman is standing basically, skirt and a bra in front of a mirror, and the the uh, the little tagline for the for this for the ad is fashion is for the slender, 
And then it's a whole, it's like a whole thing about how, like, you know, because if you're not, if you're not slender, clothes are wasted on you. There's no point of even getting dressed if you're a fattykins. <laughs> and so the whole ad is touting uh, then Pepsi instead of food. So don't actually have any meal, Kim. Just have Pepsi. Well, some great changes are coming to Cuba under the new president, Raul Castro. According to Cuba state-run broadcast television, they're going to start a 24-hour channel with mostly foreign content in a move to provide Cuban audiences with more variety. Also, Cubans will get, well, cellular phones, DVD players, and computers. And uh, usually only tourists are allowed to have such things. So that's uh, the new Cuba under Raul Castro. So it makes you wonder if, like, are these things that uh, Raul is sort of doing, like, as just sops to the people to sort of get approval? Or is it stuff that Fidel wanted to do but felt that he couldn't uh, relax his image enough? So I mean, Fidel Castro can't just be retired, right? He can't just be sort of... You he might be, be dead. He's, that is, well, that is true, actually. That we would, don't know if he's still alive. How would we know? That would explain a whole lot because you can't... I can't imagine somebody who... Uh, you know, because uh, Fidel Castro is just, uh, kept, you know, he's kept his leadership over there by just being so inflexible and just keeping such an ironclad grip on everything. It seems odd that all of a sudden he would just let Raul come in and just completely restructure the joint. So it seems like he would have to at least have the tacit approval of Fidel Castro to do this stuff, unless, as you said, Fidel's already, like, in the ground somewhere. Yeah. It makes you wonder if they would ever even announce, like, if they're going to wait another 15 years to reveal that he's dead. A chair may now have four legs. Um, let's uh, take a break here. We'll come back more from Tim Riley around the corner. Um, let's see what else do we have. Top five coming up. Uh, more of your phone calls and so forth. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, so if you missed the announcement earlier today, uh, forget Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 happening Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom. The Crystal Ballroom. Uh, more details to come at 970.am. Uh, tomorrow we'll be unveiling the uh, the sort of big event, the thing, the main event. Uh, it's going to be uh, happening, the big idea. So uh, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom. More details to come, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, still on the way today, James Roop, Dennis Pitsenbarger, top five. This is your personal savior once again. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. What? I guess I just turn myself off and shut myself off. Anyway, here I am back again. A Madonna continues to assure her fans that her marriage to Guy Ritchie is going strong. She recently released a statement through her reps denying reports that she was splitting with her husband and moving from her London home to New York with her three children. She appears in a UK edition of Ellie magazine, in which she reportedly spills the beans on her marriage and sex life. According to People.com, Madonna says in the interview that her marriage is a challenge, but admits she prefers it that way because it's never boring. She adds that traveling so much adds to the challenge, but confesses that sex with her husband is, quote, incredible. I'm tired of Madonna spilling the beans on her sex life. I'm tired, yeah, I'm tired of hearing anybody talk about their Seriously, sex life. Like, I, that's between you guys. That's fine that you're happy. Like Keep it to yourself. Madonna kept her beans to herself for a while. If it's really all the same to everybody. And I don't really know who out there is really worried about that. Who's sort of up at night. No, 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 I can't sleep. I'm all worried about Guy Ritchie and Madonna. 
And she don't want to leave him. She want to leave that burgeoning movie career behind that he's giving her. She wants to be. She doesn't want to be. You know, she wants to be able to do Swept Away too at some point. So oh, that does sound good. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, the uh, former Iraqi war contractor accused of trying to take bomb components in an airplane has a history of mental illness. <laughs> Apparently, he was distraught. Uh, Kevin Christopher Brown, who's 32, has been in and out of mental institutions before. He's charged with one count of attempting to carry an explosive and incendiary device on an aircraft. He's scheduled to appear at a bomb hearing this afternoon. Or should I say a bond hearing? <laughs> a bomb hearing? Uh, he was a bit unstable. Hey, do, you hear, do you hear something? Uh, a, a Jamaican attorney says his mother was uh, found strangled while meeting with someone uh, to uh, lease some property. Three men are charged in that case now. Uh, his father died when he was a baby, so his mother raised he and his brother alone. She was the breadwinner. Why do we care all about this guy? <laughs> <laughs> this is a two-page story on the relatives of the guy with the bomb parts. <laughs> is it a slow day wherever that happened? I suppose so. <laughs> News from Jamaica. <laughs> Let's spend all day on it. Let's repeat this story over and over again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Here's something to bore you more. <laughs> The publishers of Word magazine apologized in court today for a libelous comment they printed about Morrissey. The singer's lawyer told the court today that a March 2008 story in the magazine could have been construed to suggest Morrissey was a racist and held racist opinions. His representative said the company offers its sincere apologies. Uh, the former Swiss man was not in court to hear the apology, but he said he is delighted with the court decision. The 48-year-old singer, who looks more like 68, is also pursuing another libelous case against a music magazine called NME for an article it ran last year. NME is a great magazine. I think he said something. Well, I don't want to say it because apparently he just sued somebody. Yeah, for he it. sues everybody. And that's apparently his. Uh, he's up now a plaintiff full time. That's his. Uh, that's his gig. And now it's time for a long-awaited clown watch. Here's your clown watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio program. <laughs> This comes to us from Waukesha. Apparently it's a place, not a person. A Brookville man, a former professional clown, was found guilty Thursday night of sexually assaulting a woman who he indecently touched and photographed nude while she was passed out. Uh, the clown, Ronald E. Schroeder, was found guilty of 31 charges against him. <laughs> 31 charges. 31 charges. Two felony counts of sexual assault and an unconscious victim. 27 felony counts of capturing an image of nudity. A misdemeanor count of battery, domestic abuse, a misdemeanor count of uh, illegally uh, accepting some computer data. He told the jury during the closing arguments that uh, Schroeder victimized a 21-year-old woman who passed out after a night of drinking with a clown. <laughs> what are you who drinks do? with a clown? <laughs> Seriously. What do you, I'm going to go home and do some shots with this clown I met earlier. Uh, the clown uh, performed professionally as Silly the Clown. He was charged in May after the woman reported uh, battery on uh, April 29th, which is probably from last year. That's <laughs> <laughs> right next to the Whitney watch in terms of timeliness. I... Uh, I, okay, well, go ahead. Well, that's the story. Is that really it? That really is she it. repeatedly so by Silly the Clown. The, the, the end. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose really the, the bluntness is, is the story there. Just avoid drinking with uh, avoid drinking as clowns. Silly whatever the possible. Clown. With Silly the Clown. All right. Not so silly now, is it? Jesus. Let's do one more in the uh, top five here. 
It's <laughs> just weird. I mean, sometimes I, I get, step back and get sort of a third-person perspective of this program, and I realize how truly awful it is. Like, no, that, that occurred to me today when I heard the Whitney watch with the... <laughs> <laughs> the vibrator and the, the hacking and the crack the, pipe. Yeah. Uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, recently, we discovered a fish that crawls instead of swimming has uh, forward-looking human eyes. It could be part of an unknown family of fishes. No. It has two eyes and a smile, but this one is frowning. Perhaps it's not that photogenic. Sure. Perhaps it's frowning because it's hungry for human flesh. See the two eyes and the frown? Where are eye, eye, frown. Oh, that's creepy. Can I see, uh, mm-hmm. can I see that again? I saw it briefly this morning. Uh, it has eye, eye, frown. Oh, that's just disturbing. Now I must now I must be Well, it's an unhappy fish. It can't swim. It has to crawl. It has to crawl out of the ocean to kill you. I mean, it must have a terrible day. Crawling Im- human-eyed fish. Im- imagine seeing some sort of fish like that coming at you underwater. It, oh, it's God. A, it's part of a new fish family. It was sighted in Indonesian waters at the Amban Island. It has tan and peach-colored zebra striping. Ugh. It has a leg-like pectoral fins to burrow into cracks and crevices. Uh, professor said this this is a relative of the angelfish, but it's going to undergo some DNA to find out if who it's related to. They've never seen anything like it. No, it's just it's wrong. It shouldn't be. It has a flat face, forward-looking eyes, and uh, a nice smile when it's happy. Well, you know, Richie, but, but not in this picture. Richie's the same way. I suppose so. Was this part of a watch? No, it's just no. <laughs> her fish watch. <laughs> a plain old fish story. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hi, Today's uh, a little discombobulated. Is anybody else feeling that? I think yesterday that? was so gold. <laughs> today we're a little. Tim, do you get the feeling that today's a little disconnected? It really is. Yes, it's. I mean, not a bad program as such. You know what today is? Today's like a big uh, box full of parts that you you you're pretty sure could be assembled into something useful, but you can't really figure. Like you've lost the instructions on how to do so. And you wait until Christmas Eve to put it together. <laughs> It'll never go together properly. <laughs> and so you're just taking the parts out one by one. So the children are injured the first day they use it. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, uh, that sounds like a very off-putting fish. Um, I'd just like to point out that with the uh, Air America this morning, how many AM 970 listeners was not listening to the uh, Dennis Miller Show? Well, Tom Hartman does have a uh, Tom Hartman does have a following. We'll say that. We'll put it that way. Or, okay, well, or Dennis Miller doesn't. Well, it's, mm. it's a big thing, sir. Yes. Okay, just find that out. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thanks Thank so you much. Are. All right. By the way, this uh, it would be uh, it would be remiss of me not to then read this story because I had this set aside. WWRL flagship of the Progressive Radio Network Air America for the last two years dropped Tom Hartman today, <laughs> including um oh and replaced him with uh, let's see they they dropped Tom Hartman they replaced kind of that Lionel guy he's boring Tom Lionel's like the worst and God love Bruce Agler Bruce you gotta put Lionel on. Not going to happen. Wait, so he got fired today? Not fired. They're just, they've opted to go uh, another direction, Sarah. Well, does he still have a job? They, uh, well, yeah, no, well, in some places, I mean, I guess it depends on where you are. Uh, apparently, they also put the Reverend Al Sharpton on instead, bumping uh, bumping Air America to an overnight slot only. So, uh, there you go. Oh, listen to this. By the way, Air America, though, claimed that they remain very much alive. I'm sure they are. This article is entitled... Paul Harvey update. Really? Here is a status update from ABC on Paul Harvey. Apparently, he's been off the air for quite some time now, but nobody's noticed. The senior vice president of marketing and communications, Omar Thompson, says Harvey has been on temporary leave, but he's certainly not retiring. Uh-huh. Uh, we expect to have Paul uh, back in the helm 
soon. <laughs> sure they do. Uh, Paul Harvey is apparently, now, who knows all this stuff for sure, he's been at his home in Arizona recovering from a bout of pneumonia, during which time he's been discussing his ideas for developing additional show content. <laughs> <laughs> it's another indicator he's not leaving anytime soon. Sure, Don Geronimo's going to be back from that, uh, that vacation any day now, too. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, we should address that. Did you read that this morning about Don Geronimo? No, I didn't. So uh, I should just announce it's not the, the, like the secret knowledge somehow. So you know, Don is retiring. Uh-huh. He's pulling the um, red coat early. He is, uh, yes, he is. Uh, he is leaving early apparently. So the deal is that Don was going to stick it out to the end of uh, May, I think, and then starting like April, May, June. So the beginning of June. Uh, Michael Mara was going to take over and, and, and sort of steal. What is they saying about helm the program? Yeah, was going to be helming the program. Uh, so I guess uh, Don went on vacation and just sort of thought vacation's great. I don't want to go back to work. So I think they're going to be doing a week like a retrospective, like return retrospective to re- clips highlighting the show's 20 year history. Because they've been together for like yeah 20 20 years, 22 years, something yeah. like that. Uh, and then Don's going to be back on April 11th. To do, I think, a final show, and then Mike will take over the following Monday. Okay. So we knew, I mean... And John was the one who lost his wife in that accident, right? Yeah. Oh, God. And I think that was sort of a contributing factor to the whole thing. I would imagine so. Uh, So, uh, anyway, so Don was already retiring. He's just going to be doing a few weeks earlier. So somebody emailed me about that this morning. Uh, And, yes, we will be continuing to carry the program. Because everybody else, I mean, Buzz and uh, Rob and Joe and Michael, the guys are staying. Don is retiring. And I know Um, you begged him to continue, but... Well, you know, just didn't answer you. We had a we had a heart to heart, Tim, but it didn't seem like I really uh didn't seem like I really resonated with him the way that I wanted to. So well, uh, you tried your best. Well, what can you do? So the uh, it was either the Michael Mara show or Lionel, and uh, damn it, we just decided to go with Michael Mara. I like Michael Mara. So Mike, Mike took, I'm yeah. you know, who knows? I, I have don't, confidence in him. I don't really. You know, that must I, be scary for him though. Like you know, had like having a buddy. Mike. Well, it's I, mean, I Mike without Don. It's 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 the, it's the it's weird because you know for the last few weeks Don has sort of stepped back. And it's kind of been letting Mike sort of steer the show a little bit more, I think, to kind of get in the zone. But, I mean, those guys have all been doing radio for forever anyway. So yeah. it'll be different. It'll probably take a while for everybody. It'll be like when you get glasses. And everybody will take a while to, I think, adjust their ears. But um, but I have faith. So I think it's going to sound good. But, uh, but but we will continue to carry the program. It's just that Don is going to be uh, bowing out a little earlier than, uh, than we thought. So, anyway. All right. Here is Tim Riley. Is it true that U.S. troops are paying twice as much for Iraqis pay for gas? Yes, it's true. U.S. forces in Iraq are paying almost as much as Americans back home, despite burning fuel at staggering rates in their war to stabilize that country known for its oil reserves. The military pays an average of three twenty-three a gallon for gasoline, diesel, or jet fuel, some $88 a day per member in Iraq, according to an Associated Press review. So our critics in Congress are fuming, of course, because the Iraqis get a much better deal. Uh, let's see here. Yes. What else can you do, really? We liberated them, and now that's what happens. Let's see here. Uh, let's do one here, and then we'll do the top five. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, yeah, this is Ryan. I had the poo phone. How proud your parents must be that you're forever Hi, known Ryan. as the guy with the poo phone. Hello. Hi. Yeah, uh, I don't know why I thought about this, but uh, I work for the railroad now, yeah. and uh, your fish story got me thinking about it. You know, on the trains, we had all sorts of things, you know, unfortunately, dogs, cows, deer. But uh, I think the weirdest story I've ever heard is my friend was an engineer. He was going out east, you know, along I-84, and he was driving around going 60 miles an hour when all of a sudden uh, an eagle had picked up the salmon and released it and just lost hold of it, uh-huh. and it dropped, and uh, one of the railroad engines hit a salmon at 70 miles an hour and just exploded <laughs> all over the windshield. Thanks, thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. 
I am truly happy, by the way, and I mean this sincerely, that the first people you thought of were us. Yeah, basically. Right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. By the way, oh, so I forgot. But so the reason I mentioned this Air America thing is because how much sweeter it would have been had uh, Tom Hartman played our Barack Obama song on Monday, because then it would have been heard in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was the whole point of the article, is that, yeah, so they got, uh, so I guess Air America got booted off their New York affiliate on Monday. So just by, by a few days, Sarah, the people on the Big Apple missed hearing you and Timmy Ryan that is harmonizing on the Barack Obama. Yeah, that was the good signal. It was like 1600, super direction. I barely covered Manhattan. I think it, yeah, I think it was a crap signal to begin with. So apparently they're looking for, uh, apparently Air America is now looking for, quote, a stronger flagship in New York City. And uh, they, uh, let's see. Uh, an informed source inside Air America said that they, uh, quote, remain very much alive as a network. That's always a good sign when you're having to put up press releases, letting people <laughs> know that you are, in fact, very much alive. Not unlike Paul Harvey, apparently. Who wants to do the top five? Oh, I We're kind of top. Oh, do we, should we have to wait? To. All right, okay. Well, sorry. Tim, we'll, have to, uh, well, we'll do the top five here. In you the, can do it without me. Let's break. Well, we would never dream of doing the top five without you. Nope, that can't happen. Uh, let's break. We'll come back. Uh, calls around the corner. Jim Roop coming up uh, later on. Dennis Spitzenbarger, the top five. More from Tim Riley. And guess who's here? Justin from L.A. with the prison greeting cards has stopped by. So uh, we'll talk to him when we get back. Say, so there's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Why, hello. Hey, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Sorry, I just I spent the last, with the commercial break. The Justin guy is here. We'll bring him in in a second. But I was doing that thing. We went to break, and I wanted to get my food eaten, so I didn't come back. And So I have the sandwich, and I'm just shoving it into my mouth. And that's right as I'm walking by Richie's room where, where Justin is. This listener is going to come in. He's like, hey, Rick Emerson, good to meet you. The man, the myth. And I'm like, and then my hand is like knuckle deep in my mouth as I'm shoving a sandwich in. Being captured at the worst possible moment. All right. A couple things. Uh, Coming up in this next hour, the 2 p.m. hour, uh, we're going to give away uh, a couple pair of passes to Rumble at the Roseland 34, happening this Saturday, 7 p.m. at the Roseland Theater. The premier amateur champions in the Northwest, uh, including a, yes, women's fight, Jessica Cruz and Kim Couture, apparently punching each other in the face repeatedly inside some sort of cage. Is Kim Couture Randy Couture's wife? I'm unclear about that. Somebody sent me a picture of her. She is hot, so uh, I don't know. Sources kind of point to yes, but I'm, I'm not really positive. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, tomorrow we'll be joined by Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Uh, also, tomorrow we'll be announcing the main event that's going to be happening at Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, which will be Thursday, May 15th, at the Crystal Ballroom. And two weeks from tomorrow, I think, yes, two weeks from tomorrow, uh, we'll be joined by uh, two of the guys who filmed Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Adaptation, uh, which is that shot-by-shot remake that was filmed in the 80s that those kids made uh, in the South, I think in Mississippi. Um, they're going to be screening at the Hollywood Theater. We're going to have a couple of kids in here. So That is uh, so cool. It's very cool. Well, a couple of grown men now. A couple of grown kids. men. They're, I think they're older than I am at this point. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, if uh, Richie, can you, uh, can you bring a... Are you hearing something? Oh, it's something loading here. Okay. Uh, Richie, can we welcome uh, Justin to the studio here? That would be fantastic if we could bring put him on mic number four. Is that it? Yep. All right. 
Oh, and this is actually just in time because Rupa's calling up, and Rupa's actually talked about this story uh, as well. So let's uh, welcome now uh, Justin, a listener of the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. How are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm doing well. You're right up on the uh, microphone there. Oh, that's what that is. Yes. <laughs> yes, it Hi, is. Hi, Justin. Hello. Pick it off to just kind of point it right at your... Uh, Tim, a pleasure. Uh, I did want to say, Rick, your studio is plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious. It is, and thank you. And my hands were covered in grease when we met earlier, so I'm sorry about that. You didn't. So you had one hand in your mouth shoving the. I know. I was like, he's like, hey, Rick, and I'm like, hey, you know, shoving my lean cuisine thing into my mouth. So, you had. Called us as you were headed down to Los Angeles, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then you called us from Los Angeles because we had talked about these prison greeting cards. Uh, and actually, Jim Roop is on hold, so we'll get Roop here in just a second. But so then you were good enough to actually go down and find some of these on sale. Uh, three squares greetings for those who can't come home. So you found these at it was like some kind of as you described it, some sort of black power bookstore. Oh, I- extremely. I mean, it was. Did uh... you feel how awkward did you feel on a scale of one to ten? Uh, about a 12. Fantastic. I mean, it was fantastic. Was it a lot of buy and then run? It Well, I mean, the reason we went down there, my wife's in medical school, so she wanted to go to this conference, and I thought, okay, I'll take a few days off work and go uh, party, and we go down. You can't look at them first. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll put them face down. So, I'm sorry. I'm reading ahead. Go ahead. Well, so then, you know, I'm like, uh, honey, we, we have to get these cards. They're right. Just, you know, I got promised to, you know, uh, tour the studio. Yeah. And, uh... So she's like, okay, we'll go. And so I'm like, we can't find the first address. And I'm like, oh, well, this one, it's right off Crenshaw. I don't know L.A. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tim is nodding. Let's welcome now to the Rich Emerson Show from Los Angeles, actually. CNN correspondent, James Roof. Hello, sir. Howdy. Hi, Jim. How you doing, brother? Doing okay, thanks. Um, so uh, if you just uh, joined us, and you did, uh, we are here with our uh, listener of ours, Justin who was just in Los Angeles where he purchased some of those prison greeting cards for us. <laughs> now, now, for, now, as if you if you missed this part of the story, he's unfamiliar with Los Angeles, and so he was just sort of looking up bookstores that stocked them. And where was it? Where was it, Justin? Oh, right off Crenshaw. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you have to understand the neighborhood that's going to sell greeting cards for prisoners is probably not going to be Beverly Hills. It's probably going to be a yes, not an upper echelon uh, zip code. So, Tim, would you like to weigh in with your thoughts? Well, I can't remember the last time I was in Crenshaw. <laughs> Jim? Oh! What the hell was that? I think his cell phone sounded like it was going dead there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very good re- reception. All right, well, he'll call back. Anyway, so you so you, you look it up, and it's off Crenshaw. And so you go there, and uh, were they hard to find, or were they right up front? Oddly enough, they were right up front. We, we, we <laughs> pull in. With the so. chicklets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We go into this place, and, uh, you know, our friend's down there, and uh, she was like, oh, I'm going out of town, so just borrow my car. And she's got a little more money than us, so it's a brand-new Mercedes. So right. we roll into Crenshaw on this brand-new <laughs> Very expensive Mercedes. We're asking to be pulled over. Exactly. We get out of the How'd car. How'd you pay for this car? <laughs> More or less. Yeah. Uh, get out of the car, and my wife's just like, you don't say a word. You don't <laughs> snicker. Look at the floor. You, you don't laugh. You buy your cards, and you leave. <laughs> don't make any eye contact. Good advice. <laughs> I mean, I, I was in the Marines for six years, and I did a tour in Iraq, and I felt safer there than <laughs> actually. All right. So... Here we have a variety of cards. These are. From... I know, and you are unfairly looking at All them. Right. You're not allowed to. Okay. We need to divide them up. Okay, so how many are there here? There are seven. One, there were more, but. Two. Uh... All right, so one, two, three, four, five, six. All right, so. There you go, Tim and Sarah. Thank you. All right. Oh, thank you. All right, so who wants to start? Tim, go for it. Money on your books. Oh, <gasps> you've got money on your books. You're lucky. I like that one. Well, this is one of my favorite. I'll give this one to you. 
Just a second. I know that I have not visited, but I still care about you. I let a little something on your books. Don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, spend it all in one place this time. Uh, prison humor. When do you get out anyway? Drop me a line. The best part is how in the front, it's <laughs> oh, actually, it's that. a rose, and it's a rose, but it's not with thorns. The rose is barbed, barbed wire. wire. Yeah, there you go. Sarah? Uh, happy birthday. I know that you would rather be almost anywhere else right now, but hey, it won't be much longer since your release date is now just around the corner. You're doing a great job getting yourself ready to be released. Next year, we will really celebrate your birthday. Stay out of trouble, and I'll see you soon. Happy birthday. How about this one? Sorry to hear about your arrest. <laughs> you open it up. It says, I heard about your arrest recently. I'm sorry that it, The thing is, I'm going to keep this around because it's just a matter of time until I need this. I'm sorry it took me so long to write. Honestly, I never knew anybody who was arrested before. You've been there for me so many times in the past. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you or your family. I'm praying for you. Tim? Tim? No bail. <laughs> what? That's a new one. No bail. No bail. Oh, doesn't say this is the best one. Yikes! I heard your bail is pretty steep, dog. <laughs> Woo! Wish I could help. You know me, still broke. What can I say? <laughs> Just keeping it real. Sorry about that. But hey, I am thinking about you though. Give me a buzz. Oh yeah, watch your back. I guess that would be good advice. Give me a buzz. Oh, yeah, watch give, me, give, me a give buzz. me a buzz. Uh, P.S. You are not missing much on the outside. Psych. We're having big fun. Peace. <laughs> what? It's just such a strange card because A. That's so weird. A. The card ends by taunting him for all of the fun he's missing on the outside. B. It's a card that must meet several criteria. A, your friend must be incarcerated. B, you must still be on the outside. C, you must be broke. D, you have to know what buzz and, you know, buzz means. And, like, and E must be dog. presumably banging his girlfriend while he's in cell block five. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, at what point do you go, this is the card that captures my exact sentiment. <laughs> it, it, it has dog. It has psych. It has big fun. It's I mean, like he it, looked into my soul. Yeah, I mean, Hallmark, watch your back. Uh, okay, Sarah? I, no words. First, I apologize for taking so long to write you. Every time I think about your situation, I start to cry. I can't imagine how you must feel. I'm so sorry about your arrest and conviction. I wish things had turned out different for you. Please write me and let, let me know how you are. Oh, okay, and then we've got this one. This is again with the barbed wire rose on the front. It says in Comic Sans font with three exclamation marks, Not you! <laughs> Say it ain't so, it says on the inside. Not This this one has the best payoff line, though. Say it ain't so. Not you. I heard that you got arrested. Can't be true. What do you mean, can't is be it true? Rhyming? You're, it rhyme? you're sending it to him in prison. Of course it's true. Um, Say it ain't so. Not you. I heard you got arrested. Can't be true. Is it? I know that I must be next. Call me. <laughs> right there. And the must is in all caps because he's so convinced of it. I know that I must be next. You. Call me. Please don't tell me you're rolling over on the whole crew. I thought we had a code of silence policy, dog. Jesus. All right, and please to be reading that last oh, one. Oh, and then the last one is this that's, is the odd one out. That's the sentimental one. This, is, this is lavender, uh, and it says no more promises. I apologize. When you called last time, I was not very sympathetic. Oh, I love this one. I guess I've heard your promises to change too many times. Please stop promising to change. Just do it. There you go. There, fantastic. Thank you for the most that wonderful. Thank you very much. Wonderful. You, you, are, you guys are welcome. I was thinking, though, there could be a flip side to this where the police departments could stop, you know, start handing them out saying, hey, 
If you're choosing to do your crime, thanks for choosing to do it in the city of Portland. <laughs> Thank you for keeping us employed. With so many choices of where to commit your robbery. Thank you for being incarcerated in the city of Roses. They these can are, sell them in Southeast. I'm, I'm totally, I'm going to hang these in the studio. No, um, we have to hang them all around the studio. That's yeah. fantastic. I know that I must be next. Maybe Call they should me. sell them at your Safeway. Oh, it's, that's, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> these are really, it, they're only sold, physically speaking, in L.A. right now, but it can't be. Can't be long before they sweep the nation. That's wonderful. Excellent. Justin, thank you so much. Pleasure Excellent. to meet you guys. Thank you, Justin. All right. Well done. Fantastic. All right. Well, how should we handle this here? Because it looks like we're not going to get Roop back. So, uh, Justin. So, uh, all right. Well, let me do a couple of these calls here. We'll take a break. And uh, then we'll, I think we'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do news. We have the top five coming up. Um, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Tim, Sarah, hello. Hello. <laughs> um, man, there's so many things that I want to talk about. Uh, How long have you been uh, have you been saving all these thoughts up for some time? Well, the thing is, is I called before and was on hold for 72 minutes, oh. and then I got fed up with that. I, I feel actually, I feel bad about that sometimes. I, I'm beginning to think that Richie might have something against me. Well, he might know me by name and just be like, oh, it's that guy again. It's Screw possible. That. All right. Well, how can I help you today? Um. Well, uh, originally you mentioned something about some kid who was shooting airsoft at uh, vehicles, and uh, you were talking about, oh, well, everybody knows that kid who uh, did terrible things and then bragged about it, and, uh, you know, it was that kid. And uh, I remember throwing snowballs at, uh, uh, well, a friend of mine. We uh, stole uh, some of his dad's beer, and uh, walking around the – I was a freshman in high school, so it was, I was 14 – Drinking beer, we threw a snowball at uh, this one car, and we immediately ran away around the corner into some backyard, and then 50 seconds later, there was this enormous bear of a man. He must have been about seven feet tall, long gray beard. He was screaming. He grabbed us both by the, the, uh, the, our shirts and picked us up and threw us around and tossed us on the ground and was just like, uh, blankety, blankety, blank, my, my effing car again, blah, 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 blah. And uh, to a 14-year-old kid, that's obviously, like, uh, you know, uh, frightening. <laughs> well, let me commend you, with the, uh, you know, on the enthusiasm with which you conveyed the story. Um, well, thank you. You, sound, I, uh, you, really, you delivered it well. You sounded very into it. Well, I, I am always really happy when I'm talking to, to my favorite per radio personalities in the whole world. Well, I mean, thank you, sir. That's yeah. very kind of you. Um, and then... Yes, do you have a final thought for us? Uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> All right, excellent. Thank you, my friend. All right, take care. All right, Bye -bye. there you go. God, I feel so bad. 72 minutes? I don't even really... We, just, we, just I mean, get, I we get so busy with crap sometimes. We get busy with crap. Exactly. <laughs> we get We're so busy reading prison greeting cards and talking about how women ought to mind their place in the work in the workforce. Uh, all right. Now, some people are demanding that we do a Hillary Clinton song and try to. I don't that's know. Like, I think that that's the way to go. You think you're not afraid? You don't think we've peaked with uh, getting Tom Hart? No way. Well, to, because uh, now everyone thinks we're all like these crazy Obama supporters. Maybe we should do a McCain song. We should do all three. That's what I'm saying. All right. You think we ought to do one Obama, one McCain, one Hillary? But what can we find that would rhyme as much as Pina Colada, Barack Obama? Well, somebody's saying for Hillary, uh, instead of, uh, you know, that Pat Benatar song, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, somebody's suggesting Clinton is our best shot. There you go. Because blah, 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 Barack Obama can't win, blah, blah, blah. So somebody has suggested, um, yeah, Clinton is our best shot. Na, 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 na. I don't know. Think on it. That's all I'm saying. Just to do, think on it. I mean. What about McCain? 
I don't know. I see. That's oh my a, gosh, we could do it to the tune of um, "You're Blame So Vain." Blame it on Moraine, McCain. Oh, you're so vain. Yeah. Vote McCain. Wow, 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 wow. Well, John Vote McCain. McCain. Vote McCain. John mm-hmm. McCain. You're so vain. Vote McCain. Vote, Vote McCain. Vote McCain. Okay, there's something there. Okay, I like that. Okay, I'm gonna write that one down. Vote McCain. Because mm, that's you know uh, he walked into the party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Okay, vote McCain. Fantastic. Uh, remind me. Then we'll come back from the break. And we'll play the Tom Hartman thing again. That makes me so happy. It really does. I mean, I. I, I really think we should. This is a stupid, silly accomplishment, and we should be really proud of it. Well, I mean, and again, I. I mean, I don't mean to sound like my life is so small that these are my big accomplishments. It is. I can't really... believe that our, our crappy song was played on a national radio show. That we were able to fool not just not just a DJ, but a guy with a national program into playing it. So that's fantastic. Uh, so when we come back, we'll play uh, we'll play Tom Hartman we'll again. It was swindled into playing our song this morning. Really, which is just like success beyond what I had even imagined. Um, all right. So let us take a break. We'll come back, play that. We'll do some calls. Tim Riley will be here. We'll do the top five Madonna songs that never made it to number one. And we'll uh, talk to uh, Dennis Pitsenbarger uh, as well. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Stay there. Now more of Tom Hartman Nationwide on Portland's Progressive Talk Station. AM 620 KPOJ. I was tired of my party We were down on our luck With lifetime politicians Only out for a buck And then at home one evening Reading Craigslist online And in the personal section You know this post caught my eye If you like Barack Obama is more of the same If you're not into Clinton If you're not for McCain Then if you want a new direction And you're tired of the games Vote with me for Obama And be an agent of change I've examined the options On the political scene the other contenders seem like the same old routine. So I responded to the posting with an ad of my own. And though I'm not much of a writer, I thought it struck the right tone. If you like Barack Obama, well, okay, nice bumper music. I think that Hillary Clinton, as well as Barack Obama, both represent significant change. And I'll, I'm, <laughs> that's where I'm parking my flag. Fantastic. Do we need to send Tom Hartman some sort of thank you card and like a prize? Yes, we should send him a prison thank you card. Sorry to hear about your arrest, Tom. <laughs> All right. I really think we should, though. Fantastic. All right. Well, I'll get a mailing address for Tom Hartman and we can thank you for playing our song. All right, 503-733-2970. Uh, well, let's just do a few of these here, and then we'll 
Uh, and then we'll welcome Dennis Pitsenbarger to the program. Uh, we have the top five Madonna songs that never made it to number one coming up. More news with Tim Riley. Let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, you. Hey, um, I don't know if you're going to name your listener party this year, but considering the day it's on, you really should name it a farewell to Fallwell. Well, they, because it is, here's a couple things we figured out. It's Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Uh, it is happening uh, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom. Uh, tomorrow, we will announce the sort of main event that's happening. But we've discovered two things. A, it is one year to the, it is the first anniversary of the day that uh, Jerry Falwell went home to be with uh, whoever. Uh, and it is also the day that the uh, Rick Emerson Bicycle Challenge ends. So I'm sure that there's uh, there's something we can come up with there. So and also, uh, yeah. I'll fire it. Um, if you do write a Hillary parody, yes. it's it's got to be to the boys' song Timothy because it would just fit perfect. Hillary, hey, that's that's not bad What's at all. What's the song? The song Timothy, but I wonder if that song is well known enough because here's the thing: even though that song. Uh, begin Don Geronimo mode. Even though that song went to number 17 in 1972, uh, and I don't know that it's that well known because Chris Paddock from KUFO, he's the program director at KUFO, one of the smartest guys I know in terms of music, had, didn't know it, had never heard it, and I had to dig it up and play it for him. So I don't know. There's something there, but it might have to be something that was a little more, uh, a little more in the culture, a little more well known to today's kids. So. Yes? My last thing is you, you always bring up, uh, well, you don't always, but you brought up in the past the Noid from Domino's. Yes, sir. I was actually back in 1980, 81. We were part of a group that actually came up with that name. Really? Um, we Yeah, we worked for, you know, I worked for Domino's. We we had a softball team, and we, we you know, we're just a bunch of geeky 18, 19 year olds. We called our team the Dominoids. Now, where, we had a, but from where, where did Dominoid come from? Uh, we just, you know, from Domino's Pizza, we just changed it to Dominoid. It was just some, um, you know, variation of the name. We just said, "Hey, we're the Dominoids." And so they, and that was, it was from that that the Noid character sprang. Yeah, we because on our in our Dominoids we were a franchise. We had draw, drew this picture of the remember the old Ford Fiesta, the piece of crap cars from back then. I do. We 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 had drawn a picture of those, but it was in the Domino's color. It had a machine gun on it, and you know it was like these World War II flying aces. And this guy was an artist, so we drew this really cool picture of that as kind of like the drivers, you know, going out there into the masses to deliver pizzas. And so we put on there, once we had come up with a name for our softball team, we put on there, Beware the Noise. And then our franchise guy liked it, turned it into corporate, and that was the birth of Avoid the Noise. That's fantastic. Whatever happened to the Noid? And I know that sounds like a stereotypical thing to this. Whatever happened to the Noid? But, I mean, really, honestly, what... It just seems like they used the note, and then one day that character was just not around anymore. It was vanished into the ether, along with Fido Dido. It just yeah, went the way of the dodo. And, all right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Call us anytime. Thank you, Trick. All right. There you go. I uh, Fido Dido. I should have gone way of the dodo. There's something there. Dennis Pitsenbarger joining us now on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, sir. How are you doing today? How are you, brother man? Uh, you know, just gearing up for another great weekend. And Please some... for... forget the question. You're not the thing that stinks, are you? No, There's I appreciate... There's something smelling in the studio right now. I uh, I uh, I am not uh, I am not such a man that I have not passed gas in the in the in the past, but I did not pass it in here. All right, I'm just. I was actually, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking maybe you smelled in some oh, way. No, no, I don't. I, well, you sniffed me. That is true. No, that is true. It's, I, 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 don't know, I don't know from where it's coming. There's, there's something somewhere. Well, I, I was lucky enough not to be uh, not to be exposed to the fruit incident uh, the last few oh, days. Oh, God. I was you know, trying to. Oh, that my, was so, the, the durian? Is that what it's no, called? I don't yeah, know, you know, it was. You know, and let me just tell you this. As Dennis often says when he's about to say something horrible, um, I love my wife. You know that? She's great. 
But, but God damn, she's just a horrible hippie sometimes. So what? What? Oh, see, is it that stinky tea stuff? Well, uh, well, don't even don't even get me started on that. It's where she's making this tea where it's like a three inches of mold on the top, which is like in her hippie brain somehow. Like it's good for you. Like you can foist anything onto a hippie if you tell them it's Eastern, holistic, naturopathic. Homey, I don't even know what homeopathic means. What is the difference? I think it's between... made out of dirt. I think that's what it means. What is the difference between uh, homeopathic and naturopathic? I don't know, dude. All I know is that there's a big thing of rank fermenting crap on top of my television. So gross. You, you, really? You think? <laughs> Especially when she's taking... When Shocker, she's like, Rick. It's she, gross. She's like, well, you know it's done because there's this three-inch skin of mold that on the top, which she takes disgusting. out with like a spatula and like shows to me, look, look at this bit. And it's, you know what it is? It's like, imagine if you will... Oh, I've seen it. It looks like a giant moldy pancake. The, yes. I was going to say a big... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. No, no, no. I was disgusting. going to say a big quarter pounder, like a hamburger patty made of mold. I, For some reason in my head, I, I'm envisioning the picture you guys had on the website a long time ago with that giant burger patty that Clyde brought into yeah. the studio on 3rd like, Avenue. But like made out of fungus. Uh. And then coming out of a thing that she's drinking, and of course all of her hippie friends, uh, you know, they're like, oh, can you save me some? So, anyway, uh, but so I go home, and I'm, you know, she's like, well, how was your day? And I go, well, God, Richie brought this horrible fruit to work. And um, and she said, well, what do you mean? I go, well, this durian fruit, it's this, this Asian fruit. And I get, I went through the whole thing. I was showing her the Wikipedia entry where, you know, it's banned in Singapore. You can't take it on airlines. It smells like, and I'm not saying this to be goof, you know, it smells like sewage. It smells like rotting flesh. It smells, it smells like... It smells like used surgical swabs, according to one site. And I'm showing this to my wife. And so, of course, what is her response? Her response is, well, I, we should try some. I should go get some. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I think this is how the hippie brain works. That it's some weird inverse thing. Where, like, when you, Sarah, you and I see a food that's been left sitting for a few weeks and it's covered in mold. You throw it away. Mm-hmm. Eh, the hippie sees something covered in I sound like one of those scare films. When the hippie sees something covered in mold, his impulse is not to throw it away, but to digest it and to share it with others. One never knows when the hippie is about. They so, are they are sick people. So now she's now she's all about going to that Asian store on 82nd and buying some durian fruit. I told him like you're not bringing it home. Like I hate to be that. I'm not to be like you know man of the house, but I'm like no, you cannot. Well, I think people think it's comically funny. That's the thing is she doesn't get. Kind of the seriousness of it. What's that? I think Richie. Is it Richie? Oh my God, Richie! I th- okay, come here. Hold on. Hold on. I think this mic three work yet? Leave it Do closed. Do not open it in the studio. Seriously. I'll punch you right Seriously. in the face. Dude. No fooling. Don't open it. Okay. Don't open it. Don't Do open, not open it. it. But, but no, no, no. You, you have to stay here for a second. Now, I hate to sound like dad, but I thought we were. I thought you were told to throw that away. In the dumpster. Oh, God, I can smell it already. You have to leave. You have to leave the studio. And throw that away. Oh, God, now I can already smell it. I can't smell it. I hope I can't smell it. I can't smell it. Well, it just started to seep oh, out. No. He never opened the container. Okay. I could, it, it was starting to leach out of the box, though. I want to know what goes through his mind to think to bring that in here. I mean, is it the is it the try the Brussels sprouts theory that you will like it if you try it do once? You think, do you agree that with this about Richie, Sarah, that uh, Richie is, I don't mean to sound like I'm busting up. Let me say this. Just like I love my wife. We no, love, let's, let's be gentle with Richie. We love Richie. There have been a lot of technical problems, and he might be a little more sensitive. I'm just saying we love Richie. You know, Richie you know, it, it does a great job, and I mean all this sincerely. Uh, he does a great job. And these all sound like corny things that you say, and I don't mean for him to be corny, but he is a real, he's motivated, gets stuff done, comes early, stays late, 
goes above and beyond all of that. Mm-hmm. But you know how Richie has no sense of smell? So in other words, you know, he smells something and he just can't register. Would you agree with me, Sarah, that here's another thing that Richie can't do. He cannot differentiate between when someone is jokingly telling him, like, don't do this, and seriously saying, no, 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 don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, because you have that, that that thing where um, where he was, uh, I think he was planning the April Fool's thing of, like, substituting water for all of my coffee. Yes. And I think you really had to, like, seriously lay it on the line that that was not, like, that was not going to happen. That could not happen. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm really glad that I caught him before he did that. And so I think when I tell him, like, we don't know, we don't want to smell the fruit ever again, then what, what happens is he immediately is at the door walking into the studio with it. I think he has some weird color blindness uh, when it comes to dis- discerning when we're really serious about not doing something. Oh, all right. Well, don't look at me. I, I, you? you know, hey, I, I have... Have proved myself several times over that sometimes the tether is not tied to the other end with me. So I mean, I but I've tried to do better about not stepping over the line. Yes. So all right. Well, uh, how's life? How are things? Uh, things are good. You know, uh, as far as the the car guy world is concerned, there's lots to talk about. Uh, kind of a cool thing. We're gonna have a subject this weekend. Uh, Big Jim came across this as something that we should do every week because we were just joking about the mystery machine versus, say, like the Batmobile. And we got a picture. If you go to milesaround.com, there's actually a picture of a guy right here in Portland who painted his van and did the interior just like the mystery I've machine. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen either, I don't know if I saw it in person or if I saw an article about it, but I've seen a picture of it, I think, at least. And it's right here in Portland. Yeah. There's that. There's a, an actual replica of Mad Max's uh, uh, vehicle Bad right ass. here in Portland. And so this week we were going to do the uh, Back to the Future DeLorean versus Knight Rider. And so we've kind of got it up in the air about what you think would be better. One, you got to look at it on both hands. You know, you got one car that has artificial intelligence. The other one is uh, running on a nuclear reactor. So I don't know uh, which one you might think is better. There is certainly a up and down to both cars. It's running on a what? Oh, don't even start with me. <laughs> oh, was it running on? I didn't hear that. Is it running on a library in Wa- in Washington? Uh, you know, it is a crick. You know, I am from Eastern Oregon, so don't even start. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, uh, Rick and Sarah and... Uh... And uh, Dennis and huh? Tim. Hello. Hello. Hey, uh, first of all, that dude talking about the Noid was lying. This is Matt Houston, by the way. Matt, uh, Matt Houston. Really? Yeah. Lee Horsley? Well, no, not Lee Horsley. Matt Houston. Never mind. Uh, never, don't worry about it. Go ahead. What do you got, sir? But, but that was a great reference for you to just pull out of the air. It's, it's what I do. Very few, very few people could have And the thing it. is, when I say it, it's what I do, it really is just like a mix of sadness and pride. Mostly sadness. Well, how can how can I assist you, Matt Houston? Well, um, you can assist me by uh, uh, I wanted to offer up a uh, a Hillary Clinton option. Okay, this is a, because now that we've uh, succeeded in getting uh, Tom Hartman of all people to buy our Barack Obama song, now we're going to try to fool everybody twice more with Hillary Clinton and McCain. So, where what, what's your Hillary suggestion? The, you ever heard the song um, uh, Desiree by Neil Diamond? Sarah, Desiree, Neil mm-hmm. Diamond, you're kind of the go-to Neil Diamond person here. No, I don't think so, sir. Uh, uh, I suck. I never should call. <laughs> I like I suddenly, suddenly, listen, I'm suddenly, suddenly he's filled with something. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to pull him out of the death spiral. I mean, we didn't even do anything. Now he's reaching for the gun. Okay, <laughs> I, Squid. I don't deserve to live. Squid just sent me the best suggestion for the McCain song. Okay, but can we dwell for a second on how? No, because I feel bad, and he just hung up. But I had to recreate it. When I said I didn't know Desiree, I'm just not like a big Neil Diamond fan. I don't dislike him. I just don't know a lot of his songs. <laughs> Guy, 
I suck. And then just as I'm trying to go, no, 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 sir, he goes, I never should have called. And then hangs up. Uh, okay. All right, can I give you the suggestion now? Yeah, I suppose. What is what? what you suppose? What's I'm your just, deal? I'm back on the guy. Why? Like, the guy's not there here anymore. I am. If you listen closely, you can hear a strap being thrown over a shower rod. Oh, he can't be that disappointed. Okay, yes. What is a squid suggestion? And is he going to kill himself if I don't like it? No, you'll like this. Okay. This is for McCain? Yeah, John is, McCain. Is it something John McCain? No. Okay. John McCain? Donka Shane. John McCain. La la John McCain. Okay, that's good. It could be quite hilarious. Donka Shane. I do like your blame it on McCain, though. Uh, see, I like that because nobody expects, just like nobody expects a Spanish Inquisition, nobody expects a Millie Vanilli parody. You know, like, who would do that? Nobody really parodies Millie Vanilli, so it's kind of funny on two levels. I don't really know the rest of that song. I blame it on the well, rain that was falling, falling. Here. Blame it on the rain. Oh, no, on these stars that shine at night. Whatever you do. Are you just saying you don't know, so I'll sing the rest of it? No, I don't know. How, how does it start? Oh, um, yeah. I, the funky I, only know, I only know the hook. Whatever you do, don't put the blame on you. Sarah Dillon, blame <laughs> it on the rain. Hey, hey. Like you got to blame it on something. What? But the the, uh, the donkey shade is much better. John McCain. Yeah, there you go. See, that works. What, could, it, could it be like, I'm voting for John McCain? McCain? Yeah, totally. And the thing is, okay, this works on like many levels. We're never going to get to the top five. Um... Where did Tim go? Did we have more news coming out at some point? I don't understand what's going on today. Today is like a car with no wheel. Wait, okay, what is it? Oh, this would be so perfect. Here's why this is good. Nobody parodies uh, Millie Vanilli. It's funny because just blank blah, 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 John McCain. And, B, and C, because this is so far from John McCain's generation. You know what I mean? That's uh -huh. the other thing that makes it great is it's a Gen X song, and he's like a thousand years old. Tim Riley. What's happening? Well, it's your choice, Tim. You, we can either do news or we can do the top five. What would you prefer? Top five. Okay. Let's uh, get through this hook here. John McCain. And everybody in our age group and above knows this. Probably the exception of John McCain himself. This is, And it's kind of inspiring, too. Rain. Hey, and you know there's a karaoke track that is laying around. Now, you know you and Timmy have to do it again. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm sold. Okay. All right, fantastic. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your top five. five. Four, three, two, one, fire. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to thank our good friend Todd the Corpse uh, for creating this next top five for us. Of course, listeners submitted top five. You're always uh, welcome. Rick at RickEmerson.com. Uh, Rick at RickEmerson.com. Here's Tim Riley. And is uh, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> and is so <laughs> the case 
Even the most invaluable artists can fail to achieve the very top spot, often settling for a somewhat lower notch on the belt of musical accompaniment. Take Madonna, for example. Yes? Nothing. Here are the top five Madonna songs to never go to number one. These are the top five Madonna songs never to go to number one on the charts. With the honorable mention going to Hung Up. That didn't go to number one? No. In fact, he's uh, he's given us a whole thing here. He's given us a little a little uh, accompaniment to each one. Although it stalled at number seven on the list, it was a bit of a comeback single after the critical and public derision of the American Life album, which he says is underrated. It did mark her 36th top ten single, which ties her with Elvis Presley for the amount of top ten hits. It went to number one in 41 countries. Just not here. It's Madonna hung up on AM 970. Oh, damn it. You want to try it again? Yes. It went to number one in 41 countries, just not here in America. It's Madonna and Hung Up. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, bitches. I love this song. This is the best song. I could do without the video of her rolling around on a hardwood floor in a leotard, but still. I like the club scene, though. It's interesting. It's a fantastic song. And I know that I say this every time we play this, but that opening where it simulates walking toward a club door and then opening it and then the music... You know, they lose all that mid-range and it becomes the full... Yes. I could listen to the song over and over all day. They could have a radio station with just this and I'd listen to it. Anybody who doesn't like that, Dennis, get the hell out of my America. Everybody. What are we supposed to do? We're all moving at the same time except for Dennis who has no soul. These are the top five Madonna songs that never made it to number one. Number five is Rain. Oh, is that me? Yeah, yes, it you. is. Number five, Rain. Uh, Todd the Corpse notes that while Rain is one of the most beautiful ballads she's ever released as a single, it stopped at number 14 on the charts. Perhaps because it was on the Erotica album, which was reeling from bad press on the heels of sex, body of evidence, and the Erotica single itself. I really like this the, the actual single Erotica, but it wasn't, it wasn't a good, good song, not a good single. Here's the thing about this song. I like Rain and Lamp, but I can't get past how much this sounds like Crazy for You. That's kind of the thing about this. I can't... It sounds so similar to Crazy for You that it sort of is distracting to me. It's going to have the same voice cadence through the whole song. And it's got that same, you know, the little, like, lugubrious keyboards in the she background. She's so pretty in this video, though. She has really short, short black hair. Yeah. That was a good look for her. Mm, yeah, it really is. It's, you know, the kind of, uh, she had the, almost like a flapper look at some point during this, and then she was, that's when she was doing like she a latex. She like Sinead O'Connor. And she had like the latex bodysuit, like she was very sort of controlled looking. Oh, is that the one that I didn't know we couldn't talk about sex, sex. video? Yeah. I love that video. What is your opinion of the best Madonna's look throughout her career, Sarah? What's my opinion of the best Madonna ever looked? He likes her in uh, the video with the burning crosses and... Like uh, a prayer. Yeah. The brunette hair. Like a prayer. That's the best she ever looked. Yes. He likes dirty rolling around Madonna. Yes, I do. These are the top five Madonna songs that never meant, uh, never went to number one. Number four is Holiday. Charting at number 16, he says it's become a classic over time. Perhaps it was overlooked. How are these not number one? Because it was her third ever single after everybody in Burn It Up, but nobody had really seen or heard of her outside of New York clubs. It's the only song that's been included in every single concert she has ever performed. Not a bad song at all. Not my favorite Madonna song, but not bad. I did like her look here. I was a big fan of her trashy boy toy look. 
just all had those black, uh, those black rubber band bracelets and like the weird lace things in her so hair. This is during her like desperately seeking Susan stage. I don't know. Tim Wimmer, this have been like '86. Yeah. Right before like a virgin. This was still the part of that era. Yeah. This would have been '84, '85, I think. Counting down the top five Madonna songs that never went to number one. <laughs> number three, Ray of Light. Uh, where? I like this a lot. Now, I, I know I've never liked this song. It's divisive. It's a polarizing album. He says apparently this was a cover song of uh, a cover of a song called Separate by Curtis and Muldoon. It was the highest debut single of her career at number five. Even though it's become popular, it never got any higher than number five. People are very divided on this album, by the way. Uh, I know a lot of people who don't care for this album, and a lot of people really loved it. This also had that song Frozen on it, which was really good. And swinging my feet, though. That's a start. <laughs> Great chorus, though. This is her whole like disco cowboy phase. Yeah, it? yeah, that's no, that will. It was leading up to that because that was she, that. Uh, that wasn't American Life. Was it that Hey Mr. DJ song she did or whatever the hell that was? Hey DJ. Yeah. Counting down the top five Madonna songs that never went to number one. Number two, Express Yourself. I love this song. How great is this song? It's great. David Fincher directed this video. Uh, he says it may take a backseat to Vogue and Like a Prayer, but Express Yourself is arguably the best song she ever released. Has an amazing David Fincher video. That's the one where she's lapping the milk out of the bowl on the floor while she's on her knees. <laughs> I'm going to say, that's where she pours the milk on herself as well. That yeah, is... and then she's on her hands and knees drinking milk out of a bowl. And you know, the thing is, only Madonna could do that and not look completely disempowered by it. She said, nasty little kitty. <laughs> Who's my nasty little kitty? <laughs> but I mean, who else could do that and not look completely victimized by it in the video? Only Madonna could do that and have it make her look even more in control of everything. He says um, it was released at the highest arc of her career, just as the blonde ambition cone bra performance was making its way around the world. Just as Immaculate Collection was being put together and Truth or Dare hit the theaters, it was kept out of the number one slot by... One of the worst songs ever recorded, If You Don't Know Me By Now, by Simply Red. <laughs> God, I hate Simply Red. This is such a great song. This is one of the one that's one of the many Madonna videos in which there was a big shiny black man. Yeah. I think there are a lot of shiny black men in her videos. Yeah. She likes them all. She does. Well, that's part of being a nasty little kitty, Tim. Anybody know what number one is, Sarah? I do. Uh, so do I, I actually. <laughs> Sarah? <laughs> Best Madonna song ever, uh, I'm sorry, never to go to number one, as uh, decided by Todd the Corpse. Tim? Material Girl. Really? I, I would never have thought this was kept out of the number one slot. He says, while it may be a piece of pop fluff and isn't even near the top of her musical achievements, it uh, immediately connected Madonna to uh, the pop culture landscape. Coming off the immensely popular song Like a Virgin... Uh, the phrase material girl is still endlessly ascribed to her, even morphing into the tedious material mom 
was kept out of the number one slot by Can't Fight This Feeling by Mario Speedwagon. Uh, judging on what you thought was the best-looking Madonna, I'm sorry I have to say, this was my favorite era of how she looked. It yeah. was that... Gwen Stefani kind of, kind of... Well, yeah. I mean, even so much as to say like a pinup girl, something yep. you see like on a World War II bomber, kind of that, totally. uh, you know, not Rubenesque, but the full figure part of her life versus kind of being that workout hero. It really is undeniably catchy. I mean, I don't like this song, but it's a catchy song. She hates it. She won't perform it anymore. She hasn't performed it for, I think, 15 years. Wow. I just remember it, the fact that it embedded into my my uh, very feeble mind when I was in high school that uh, to get the hot chicks, I needed to give them lots of stuff. <laughs> you know, the weird thing about it is, as much as we make fun of her accent now, she even had a fake-ass European accent then. Because if you listen to the beginning of this, like on the chorus where she goes, where she's singing We Are Living in a Material, she has a totally fake European accent mm. there. Such a bad song. All right, back after this, stay there, it's the Rick Emerson Show. I know, I just love people. Best audience ever, really, truly. Totally. Uh, what are you eating? Oh, is that a L.A. weight loss? Oh, my gosh. Or so South Beach or something? No, it's the Luna Bar. Oh. It's the S'mores Luna Bar. You know what I like are those South Beach bars that are like peanut butter chocolate? How much uh, time do we have here? Like three and a half minutes. All right. Hello, Dennis Pitsenbarger. How are you? Hello, Brooke Shields. How are you? Uh, I'm doing too bad. I think I... No, I didn't break it. Okay, good. These are expensive. Don't go breaking that. Well, That's no, a $700 got... microphone. Yeah, we're already down one. No, I uh, I was just fooling around with the mount here, and I uh, unclipped it. No, things are good, man. I uh, There's a lot of stuff coming up in our world. We got uh, May 10th. We got a NASCAR viewing party uh, for the Darlington race. We're going to be giving a, uh, starting our giveaway for... Uh, we got a full-size go-kart that we're going to give away. I just confirmed that I'm going to have a chance to uh, launch myself off the upcoming Flutog uh, down at the waterfront. So all these little things that are coming up. Summer's a good time for uh, not only the show, but just having fun in general. Excellent. Uh, let's see here. We'll just do random calls to the end of the program. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Good hey, here. Rick. Hey. Hey. Uh, what? About the uh, whatever happened to the Noid. Uh, I thought this was talked about before, but uh, you remember the uh, good examples of the uh, Simpsons Mr. Sparkle episode? Yes. Uh, well, basically, what happened with the Noid is there's a guy, uh, his name's uh, Kenneth Lamar Noid, who uh, was retarded. Uh, this is back, like, in the late 80s. You mean retarded like he was, you know, silly? No, he was... Oh, he was a gump. Yeah, okay. a gump, yeah. He was a 10 uh, on the gump scale. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he thought uh, Domino's created the Noid uh, as a personal attack on him, and... Uh, I think it was like Atlanta that he held up uh, a Domino's store and uh, held uh, a bunch of people hostage. I never, I, I haven't ever heard of this. Are you sure this is true? Uh, yeah, yeah, positive. Interesting. I had never heard that. So, see, I like to know the outcome of, I like to know the hidden history of things and why certain things unfold the way they do in the popular culture. Interesting. All right, thank yeah. you, sir. I, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. All right. Thank you, my friend. Can I go on my little tidbit about the Noid that I think is part of the story? Yes. Uh, I went to high school with a guy named Mike Jones, and he had told me his uncle was actually in Claymation, who lived here in Oregon, and he was the one who came up uh, with that. So see, who knows? Now, the Noid has a thousand fathers. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Just me? Only you know that for sure, my friend. Snatch oh, the pebble oh. from my hand. <laughs> Look, Sandy, am I the last call? No. 
Okay. I mean, if hey. you speak slower. Well, perhaps I shall. Hey, you're a Mad fan, correct? Yes, I am. Mad Magazine, yes. Yes. Uh, do you have a copy of Mad Power, October 1970? Is, uh, is it Mad Power? Is that like one of the paperback compilations? Uh, correct. Uh, upraised fist with the uh, tattoo of... Uh, Newman. Oh, it's like a Black Power salute, but it's Mad Power. No, sadly, all of those things uh, were stolen by an unscrupulous landlord some years back. So, no, the answer to that is no. Would you care for one, sir? Uh, well, if you're offering, I'm accepting, sir. Um, uh, I realize you can't uh, you can't barter your swag, but perhaps we could speak someplace else. I'm not offering. I'm I'm willing to trade. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, email me, sir. I don't have a computer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm afraid we're out, we're out of luck. Sir. Hey, but on the plus side, you did make the last call today. <laughs> so you've got that working out for you. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, thanks. <laughs> Bye. Well, that was great. All right. Uh, I don't even you. know what he was talking about. Uh, me either. Dennis Petzenbarger, thank you so much. Uh, no problem. Join us tomorrow where our guests will include Aaron Geek in the City Duran from FilmPeopleRadio.com. And tomorrow we will announce the big event. At Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, which happens uh, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom. Be listening for that. The, we want to thank CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastamon, Lisa Desjardins, and uh, James Roop, as well as Justin from Los Angeles, uh, who brought us those uh, prison cards today. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn, the webmistress is Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio, Portland marketing guru Susan Reynolds, Dennis Pitzenbarger, miles around uh, Saturdays 9 to 11. Like us next. Like us oh 101 God, at 5. Donna Mike at 7. We'll see you all tomorrow. Uh, thank you for listening and uh, so forth and whatnot. And hey, hey. And uh, I'm huge. Bye now. That's why we was like, stop. Stop. You're spraying the babies. You're spraying the babies.